0: Myself down a half step because I feel like I've been too loud.
1: That's because you talk too loud. These
0: last three years.
1: Because you talk too loud. <laughs> you yell, and I have to take my earbuds out because you're yelling in real life and also in my ears. So I take the earbuds out, and it's still too loud because you're too loud. Also, you talk too much.
0: So but can't do like, anything about that.
1: Both wavelength and frequency.
0: Here we are, Abe, Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that is fully committed to doing everything exactly the same in 2024, but much more so, and with entirely more impressive results. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too, how you doing tonight, Lori? I'm fine. Lori's fine. Tonight is Tuesday, January the 2nd, 2024. Abe, happy new year. That's right. (laughs) A uh, recurring bit on the show is me saying happy new year to Abe and not getting an appropriate normal human response.
1: No, I like Abe's better.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, New month.
0: Did uh, that's right, a new month indeed. I uh,
2: I was listening to this episode from a year ago, and uh, old man Carter like chimed in, like he left a voice message. Is he around to leave a voice message or his uh condition worsened?
0: I uh, <laughs> I did not receive, i
1: bad at this,
0: I did not receive a voicemail oh, like you from, did last time, yes, from President Carter this year. Uh, although who knows, it could be that. Uh, you know, it,
1: maybe in post,
0: it, there's a delay <laughs> from, from getting the message out of planes. He's an older man. Maybe he, he hasn't quite like in the way that you are a full year behind on the show, such that you were listening to an episode from last January. Now, uh, perhaps president Carter, given how much I imagine he sleeps these days, sleeping, definitely not just lying there dead. Uh, 23 hours a day, perhaps hasn't realized that he owes you a voicemail message this year celebrating his ongoing life. Uh, But maybe we'll get one of those next week, depending on uh, how the postman uh, travels from planes. That's how voicemails work, I think. Uh, So no, no Jimmy uh, this week. Uh, We will get into our uh, predictions, uh, increasingly morbid, I suppose, predictions at some point. Later in the show, Abe, did you have a good weekend? It was a weird holiday week because of course the the holiday day was on a Monday, and then so everybody has the Monday off. But it felt like a not a day to celebrate, more a day to recover, at least in our household because we did stay up late the night before drinking and and hanging out and playing with the kids. How about you? How was your New Year's Eve and New Year's Day? My uh,
2: my weekend was spent watching football and watching movies and and stand up specials, which are not good. I'm going to mention this later because I poo pooed uh, Trevor what's his face like some time ago, saying no. oh his stand up special wasn't so great. But it seems like none of their the stand up specials that Netflix is releasing or any good um and then i i yeah I, basically that's what i was doing new year's eve and just watching the cnn nice. coverage of the ball yeah. going down
0: we tuned in briefly for the ryan seacrest hosting dick clark dick clark who's been dead low these many years he's like he's like marley in a in a christmas carol for some reason we have to continue to talk about him uh despite his death having happened so long how ago how long ago
1: they named it they named the show that right. just because he died doesn't. Mean when did Dick that Clark?
0: I want to show. say like 2017 or something. And That's for for my many over under. for years Before
2: then, like weren't they trotting him out for a few years? Oh yeah, like, for years
0: like... before that, he was he was basically up there on strings. Like right. they, they stuck a rigid steel pole <laughs> into a, the base of his neck, and kind of waved him around back and forth, and then allowed him back to bed. When did somebody Google that up? When did Dick Clark die?
1: <laughs> uh...
0: You can't just be clicky-clicky over there, Lori. I'm sure that we don't get feedback April on this. April
1: 18th, 2012.
0: 2012. I was five wow. years... I gave him an extra five years of life. That puts us like... Uh, 22- it's 12 years that this motherfucker's been dead, and he's still got the... He still has that amount Why of cachet... Would you- it's like- it's like
1: changing
0: who is tuning in who's right, flipping yeah. through the channels on the ABC like you see the on the, the, the list of shows available to you on your cable guide or on your YouTube TV or whatever. Who sees Dick Clark presented by Ryan Seacrest and is like, <laughs> that's where I'm headed. Yeah, uh, can't can't go anywhere else on the on the TV dial.
1: I'm sure they've,
2: nobody
0: knows who the fuck Dick Clark is anymore.
1: No, but they named the show that. So what can you do? Just get rid of his name,
2: right? Could I, would anyone no, notice? No, that's
1: I'm, not what the show's called. I'm, they named the show Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. Right. And just because he died doesn't mean that it's not called that. It's hey, not, if I he's told not you.
2: rocking at all. He's dead. Like, it,
0: it's a no, oh, quite, it's quite his dead.
1: New Year's Rockin' Eve.
0: If Dick Clark is still rocking, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we should be quite concerned.
2: That's uh, crazy. I did not realize it was that long ago. I thought it was like whatever you were guessing i thought there
1: would be like five six years ago pop quiz hot shots
0: yeah somebody should have should have pop quiz hot shot it screw that up you're bad at welcome to 2024
1: you're deeply bad at this
0: did uh you tune into any of the any of those sounds like you said something about cnn so you saw andy and anderson i I
2: was watching some of that because usually they they will get progressively drunker throughout the show i think they took a hiatus from that for like a year or so but they're back to just drink yeah
0: what was that was that because of like
2: that was kathy griffin
0: or something or why why did they stop drinking on air so and then suddenly go back to it
2: from what i gather what's his face uh cohen got sloppy drunk and he either was mayor adams or some politician that's right he was like being a little like just kind of like unprofessional or at least cnn thought so and so they said let's just cut down on the Drinking because it's still like a new show, blah blah blah. But uh, I guess people didn't like the sober edition, and so they went back yeah. to. I think they're, they're well, more we like. we watched you can, the. You can drink once an hour or something. I think they.
0: Right, we watched the ball drop there on CNN, and Cohen, at least anyway, was was quite drunk by midnight, and then poured Anderson a shot as well. It's fine, like uh, whatever. I, I want to go back to to Seacrest. Seacrest had. If I told you that Ryan Seacrest was standing in between LL Cool J off of one shoulder and a, a character called Jelly Roll on oh, the boy. other shoulder. Oh boy. Would you presence. know would that's, you know what I was talking about?
2: I I, I uh, went back the next day could I recorded the The Clark's presents like you do.
0: Abe you are like, a, you are a deeply sick fuck. That's,
2: that's what that's, Abe that's, does. <laughs> And, uh, and 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 uh, this Jelly Roll fella, I've heard of like a song of his, but I never seen him before. He's like a he's a large man, like he's like this six is, foot, like this twenty, is an
0: enormous human being. A, his
1: name is Jelly Roll. More, what do you want? It's Dick Clark's New Year's look, Rockin'. This Eve, is not and the guy's name is Jelly. Me roll. being
0: critical of right, his size, yeah. which I'm sure is mostly a result of. Uh, uh his name. unfortunate genetics. Uh, no,
1: it's his name. That's,
0: no, you've got the jelly roll rolling down the wrong side of the hill there, Lori. It's it, <laughs> the the jelly roll is downstream of the poor genetics, which leads to his ability to put on uh, excess weight and keep it, and therefore come up with such a nickname. No doubt, this is a huge person. Yes, and I don't know for certain that he always had. A fit porn star-looking wife, like before he was famous. Oh, does he now? Uh, but he does now, oh. and it's it's a funny thing to look at to have on the on the right side of your television screen. If you're facing the screen, you've got uh, LL Cool J, who uh, a legend in the in the in show business, right? I don't know why he's there. I didn't pay enough attention to find is LL. Uh, don't call it a comeback uh, is there some sort of a new album yeah uh is he i don't know why he wants to be in the pop culture at the moment but he was there that's a large person uh by hollywood standards by like like celebrities generally skew smaller right Uh, i think that's fair to say ll is like over six feet he's a big sort of hulking kind of dude
1: on the internet yeah six two
0: see he's a big guy His his greatest, most popular song, The Mama Said Knock You Out, features LL Cool J going into the boxing ring and and spitting that fire.
3: Don't call it a comeback.
0: I've been here for years. Uh, One of the greatest songs (laughs) of the 1990s. I hope that it one day shows up in the Billboard Hot 100 game. (laughs) That's right. uh, Because it will win. It doesn't matter. It will win. We'll see.
2: What if it's Joe Uh, Rule's uh, latest? (laughs)
0: but but, so on the right side you've got large man ll cool j looking great looking fit looking young then you've got ryan seacrest who looks increasingly smaller every year he's already a small person but he looks his his presence somehow though he still has the big voice and the big head his he he seems to be shrinking i don't know why uh, but he's a, maybe in part because he's standing between ll cool j right. and a 700 pound monster of a human being named jelly roll and it was just a very amusing television setup to have that that picture be how we rung in the new year
2: didn't he give a, a bear at least after his performance? He was like hunking. He,
0: he picked up Ryan Seacrest into a giant bear hug, and Seacrest's legs—they did the like I'm a I'm a girl being picked up in a in a movie from the 1940s where he, like did the lift, and he's like he's got the feet up into the air. It's. It, it's an embarrassing way. It's like if you ever hug a buddy and, like, you find yourself accidentally putting your head into the crook of his neck. Right. Like, that's not the sort of hug that bros do, okay? Right. The the man hug does not involve you putting your head into the crook of your buddy. Now, it's, it's embarrassing. It's just a brief thing. You just right. back away yeah. from it. I think Seacrest got a little carried away with the feet coming up right. off the ground and everything.
2: Also, I mean, uh, once I... Uh... You were within his grasp, this jelly roll. Like, basically, this is your life now, right? There's not much you can do about it. You might as well just embrace
3: this
2: five-second hug, right? Because what are you going to (laughs) do? That's it.
0: Apparently, it was a big dream come true for Mr. Jelly Roll. I don't know where he goes from here. (laughs) Uh, bes- <laughs> besides, to, like an Ozempic prescription or something. It'll but, be uh, <laughs>
2: not, not nice. It'll be in next year's Super Bowl. Watch. It'll do the halftime show. Uh,
0: that's Abe's prediction for twenty twenty four.
1: Wait, isn't Usher's doing it this year?
0: Yeah, yeah Usher this year, is yeah. this year. So
1: he's also in very good shape.
0: Next year it will be Jelly, jelly Roll.
2: Jelly Roll, yes.
1: It could be just like really in shape dudes.
0: Anyway, that's what we did with our New Year's Eve. We didn't watch the football instead because there was a Packers. The Packers were like blown out the Vikings or something on Sunday night. And so we didn't pay much attention to that. Instead, we played board games and card games and video games with the kids and watched the stupid ball drop. And it was fun. It was, you know, whatever. Uh, We're not big New Year's Eve people around here. uh, I think I am mentioning this No, we
1: are. It's just that there was no football. What do you mean? We would normally be up watching football.
0: That's what I mean. Without the football.
1: But they ruined New Year's Eve. It's not that we aren't New Year's people. We are plenty New Year's people.
0: The college football playoff putting the good games on New Year's Eve is a new development. It just happened to work out a couple of times. I
1: am one of those New (laughs) Year's people. I am cool. It's the rotation. Are are they keeping
2: this rotation for the 12-team? Well, this was a very awkward year
0: because of Sunday, because the NFL owns Sunday, so the college football didn't want to step on any of the NFL games, and like that's how it got weird on Monday, where like the Cowboys. Why
1: the stupid uh, Orange Bowl was at four? That's a night game,
0: right? So the the Monday night football game got moved to saturday night or something so it was monday night football on saturday night and so the georgia game got bumped from the eight o'clock slot down to the four o'clock which slot is fine, which is how whatever. yeah sure whatever it's just stupid football yeah. politics
1: yeah. is this not a show about football politics
0: but yeah let's go <laughs> ahead and we'll, we'll move into uh cast iron balls uh, it's time for sports oh, that's right We watched the Georgia versus Florida State game, which was a total laugher uh, from start to finish, basically.
2: Did you catch Uh, the entirety? I I think by...
1: Yeah, we watched the whole thing, but we don't need to talk about it.
2: Early third quarter, I was like, all right, I think this game is over.
1: Yeah. Early third quarter is when you said that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 63 to 3. After the first quarter, it was 7 to nothing. It's like, okay, I guess this is a football game after all and then uh Georgia outscored Florida State 35 to 3 in the second quarter and went to the half at 42 to 3 and that was that was pretty much it after that no Georgia starters really saw the field Cer- yep. certainly not on on offense
1: also we're officially saying goodbye to Brock Bowers oh, yes. as of right now
0: he has he just leaving? announced
1: yep.
2: so Ladd McConkie announced and now This
1: guy's all of our old buddies are gone. It's fine. Goodbye. The
0: top producing both both of the top running backs are gone. The best receiver, the tight end, the only thing that's coming back on the offensive side and also uh, the most important part of the offensive line will be gone, which is uh, the center. And I think the right tackle is also leaving. Although they've moved around a bit. But yeah, uh, so big chunks of the offense are going. uh, One of the most productive offenses in college this year, certainly. And certainly one of the most fun Georgia offenses I've watched in my 20 plus years of of Georgia fandom. You've got to go back to like, I don't know, the 2008, maybe Georgia Bulldogs when they finally got clicking in the second half of that season uh, with with no Sean Moreno and and Matthew Stafford. That was fun. But in terms of consistency, this was an awful lot of fun, despite losing Bowers for a few weeks there in the middle of the season. 63-3, to now the largest margin of victory in college postseason history, besting our record that we set against TCU just last year. So Georgia now has the two largest uh, margins of victory in in college postseason history.
2: Well, start, ended last season with... TCU, and then ended this year's season with FSU in two blowouts. Pretty good year for Georgia.
0: 673 yards of total offense against 209 yards of offense for Florida State. This was a Florida State team that had 54 players on its roster for the day or 53 or 54 players and Georgia had no one opt out of the game. Bowers didn't play because of concern about injury, but he didn't exactly opt out in the way that the entire Florida state team seemed to. Is this a self-correcting problem? There was uh, there's talk after this game that college football is going to have to figure something out uh, about these opt outs because obviously this wasn't a fair fight. Georgia fielded an actual team and right. Florida Money. state elected not to, I would have be concerned it, about it,
2: this being a, a recurring problem because I mean, this was unusual because they, the team was upset about how they were left out, even though like there was a logic to them being left out. Uh,
0: like so they had no because they had no incentive to show up and actually try because right. if they showed up and tried and then lost, right. or worst case got their asses kicked in some fashion approaching what ended up actually happening, right. then they have no argument anymore about how oh, we should have been in the college football playoff because uh, they would have looked like frauds, but right. if they if they don 't show up and instead just play a whole bunch of players who hadn 't seen a snap of college football in their entire lives on Saturday, then they can still sort of maintain a plausible deniability that at full strength, they would have put up a, a fight against a team like Georgia and certainly also would have had a chance against any of the other teams in the playoff.
2: Right. Do you think that that's what they were going for? Or it just so happened that the players yes. just kind of lost interest in – because it's, it's not like the coaching staff said, hey, you guys set out or transfer. They just said, we're no. not fighting for anything, so who cares? The kids didn't care, and they just – they just left.
0: Yeah, but why has why is that the case with this team, and as opposed because to the case with the... every every team in every other bowl there game that's ever existed? There is a lot of reason existed. to
1: believe that the Georgia players got paid, and the Florida State players didn't, and that if you would just allow the bowls to pay the players directly, then you would have fewer players opting out.
0: What is the what is the mechanism for which they got paid, but Florida State I did don't not? Know.
2: But I thought – I I mean, isn't it just as simple as the fact that they felt that they were not uh, let in and they said if you don't – you know, like, we don't care about this anymore. Yeah,
0: but for whatever reason, Georgia has a similar – maybe not quite as rock-solid claim. I mean,
2: you know, Georgia has basically controlled their own destiny. They're they're two years national champions. I mean, Georgia is happy with – you know, I mean, they would rather have beaten Alabama – but they can live with this, right? But like Florida state, it's like, this was basically our last go with this class and who knows how the team will look next year.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, again, this is something that we've discussed at length, but this is something that the college football playoff committee should have figured out the moment Jordan Travis got injured, right? Like if if, this, if the plan all along was to say without this quarterback, you're not the same team and therefore aren't one of the four best teams in the country, they should have dropped them out of the top four before the end of the year instead of hoping for yeah, that, them to yes. – instead of hoping for a uh, an external – some sort of external event to solve the problem for them. There's a great deal of parallel between the college football playoff committee failing to take correct action against Florida State uh, and the way the Republican Party has handled Donald <laughs> Trump over the last few years. I'm not going to, I'm not going to draw it any, any finer than that. I'm just going to say the parallel exists, and I'll let uh, the audience think about that on their own. I don't know if I ever even let you answer the question. Is this a self-correcting problem that because this was sort of a weird one-off and because we're expanding the playoff next year, does college football, the way that Kirby Smart suggested in his press conference, uh, this is something that college football has to figure out? Or does it self-correct because there's not going to be a situation where— I
2: think, yeah, it's a second because basically this is a— Next year we're going to have 12 teams. This would not have been a problem a year from now, or now that we're in 24. This upcoming year, um, and and also like you know to the argument of just letting the, the players and the teams play, the Alabama-Michigan is proof of that. I, I, I'm sure a lot of the Michigan fans thought that Alabama, I mean Michigan would win, but nobody else really thought Michigan was going to Vegas win. Vegas thought, right? I, I was surprised that Vegas. I thought that line would shift at some point, but it never did. It was it remained Michigan, right?
0: At the end, it went. It, they added a point to Alabama's. Uh, it went from a point and a half to two and a half.
2: Wow! See these fucking Vegas people. They know everything,
0: but like they fucking knew. I don't know how they knew because Alabama an argument can be made should have won that game the way that they played in the second half. There, we can we can move into talking about that game now, unless there's a, a further point to be made about.
1: Uh, the further point to be made about what Kirby said is that he had to say something, and it couldn't be gloating, Right, and it had to right. be—he had was to a say very, something. It was a
0: very clever way of, mm-hmm. of saying, we. it's not that we are classless and yep. put an embarrassing <laughs> beatdown onto yep. another team. Right. It's that the system is fucked. Don't hate the player, hate uh, yeah. the game. Yeah. And— <laughs> And maybe it's just uh, – uh, sure, like Tyler or, or other haters out there are going to insist that it was a classless Georgia stomping on, a,
3: no. on
0: a, a lesser opponent. But, like, that's Florida State, and that's the fucking Orange Bowl, and what are you talking right. about? We didn't play our starters in the second half. Whatever. I don't want to hear about it. No, that's – yeah, that's uh, true.
1: What are they supposed to do?
0: I lost a pile of money against uh, in that in that Michigan and Alabama game because I had been convinced over the course of the last month that Alabama was a better team. This, despite the fact that I spent the whole season saying over and over again here and elsewhere that Jalen Milrose stinks. He, that was my, (laughs) all right. And he does stink. That was revealed. Uh, once again, the way that it was revealed every single time I watched him play football this year. And like, they barely survive against Auburn. Uh, it takes a miracle to beat Auburn. And then it takes a similar us barely showing up and them not having a particularly great game against us. Just a good plan. Really?
2: Right. I will say that, uh, the Michigan Alabama game, uh, I am even more convinced now that Georgia has a mental hang up with Alabama cuz Michigan and Alabama they're not better than Georgia. I know this is a sore loser kind of thing to say as a Georgia fan but they're not better than Georgia. Like those two teams no. were not that much better and they're not I don't think better at all than Georgia but like they're in it and, and good for them. Uh but like that team was very beatable but for whatever reason whenever Georgia plays Alabama some, they just in, it, it's a, it just gets in their head. I don't know what it is.
0: It's a mindset. It is it is in their head, and it's a mindset thing, which is that, as I've said before, Kirby wants to win in a certain kind of way, and that comes out the most against somebody like uh, Nick Saban. He believes that he needs to have a philosophy, a, a coaching ideology is going to beat Nick Saban more than just exploiting their weaknesses against your best players, right? Yeah. and. And what I saw with Michigan and Alabama is I watched Michigan do what we should have done against that Alabama team, which is that if there's a weakness, if there was an obvious glaring weakness that you saw in Alabama all year long, it was the offensive line was a mess that was uh, that made constant mistakes, a bunch of pre-snap penalties uh, in terms of formation and uh, just having the right dudes out there, and then also with false starts, and then also having a center who cannot snap the what ball. What is up with they that have kid? A, Is he the same one that fucked up
2: the Auburn game, too?
0: Yes, a center who cannot snap the ball, yeah. and yet they were uh, 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 one play away, basically, from playing for a national title. Right. Yeah. So that, like that, so they have a glaring weakness right there in the center of their offense, and uh, and we failed to exploit it. And what Michigan did in the first half was they just blitzed the shit yes. out of Jalen Milrow. And our concern was we need to spy Jalen Milrow because the only way that he's been good this year is on. The scramble right is when he when the protection breaks down and he has to run that's where he's been good, uh, so let's maybe not let's chase him out of the pocket because that's where he can beat us. No, if you can beat that sort of uh mediocre Alabama offensive line and just get him within two seconds, he's fucked, yeah, and that's what that whole first half looked like was they looked completely owned by Michigan in the first half after after the opening couple of drives, basically where Michigan tried to give this game away. It was a weird combination of Michigan trying to give the game away, but at the same time making every single uh, 50-50 play, making every single play that they absolutely had to make by the skin of their teeth. So on the very first drive, J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, throws a terrible pick to Alabama that gets turned over. Oh, man. Because uh, by, by uh, oh
2: man, if if he was inside just a little bit, that game would have been different. Right. I mean, like
0: by the heel of the of the defensive back's foot touching on the white blades of grass where the, the boundary is marked. Uh, if he had just instead been on his toes the entire time or been half an inch closer to the field, that's a pick. And they have the ball at the at the 30 or something like that going the other way and that goes the wrong way there were like half a dozen moments in that game where michigan made the incredibly difficult play just to stay alive and if any one of those doesn't happen then it it's almost certainly alabama's game there was that flea flicker that they ran that not quite a flea flicker but it was a a handoff to somebody who then does a backwards pass to mccarthy that that ball was a bad throw yeah yeah He's spinning around, catches it with his throwing hand with one hand, yes. and has just enough time to get the ball off. That is a that's a fumble recovery for six, yes. like ninety five times out of one hundred. Yes. But instead, he happens to catch it with that hand and turn it into a positive play. That was an, another of these many examples of of where and that punt this team muff,
2: was the they brought in some like fourteen year old kid to field the ball for some reason and. And it's, like, at the very end of the game, right, Like of the regulation. With
0: almost no time left. He doesn't call for—this is something that I've seen now in the last few—it feels like the last couple seasons more— you used to see punt returners and kick re- – well, not kick returners, but punt returners setting up on, like, the 15. And if the ball goes over their yeah, head – Yeah, they, it's
1: been weird. They
0: pretend to do the it, fair yeah, catch yeah. to try to throw somebody off yeah. and then just hope that it goes into the end zone for a touchback, right.
1: right? And it usually does. As It
0: usually does. It's a really hard thing to do to be be a gunner on a punt return – on a, the team that is punting to then get down there – orient your body in such a way that you know where the ball is coming, and then have to deal with a football that's flying out of the air. It bounces fucking everywhere, right? Like, it's a very hard thing to actually accomplish. Most of the time, unless it just rolls neatly to the three-yard line, or kicks out of bounds, you're not going to do the miraculous thing that keeps it from being being a touchback. Like, the overwhelming majority of the time, you're not going to do that thing. And for some reason, the culture in college football has changed in the last couple of years where I'm seeing fair catches at the five. Yeah. What are you doing what, yeah. making a fair catch at the five yard line? You let that go. And this dope, he is going to field the ball at like the fucking four and it squirts under his legs. We were in a situation where they put that ball on the half yard line where he was lucky. If you see that in super slow-mo, When he fields that ball at the one and then just gets fucking dump trucked (laughs) by the Alabama guy. Like the fact that he held that ball was amazing because that that easily could have been a touchdown for Alabama. Or if the with the weird the way that the weird rules go, if you're not allowed to advance that for some reason, if, if it's just dead at the half yard line, then it could have been Alabama's ball there. But, yeah, we were in a situation where we could have seen in a tie ball game. Uh, the game end with... Alabama getting a safety as time expired yeah. on an offensive hold, right? <laughs> and that was like, that to me was the funniest possible outcome imaginable. Yes. That, that you could have this game, this incredible game end with a safety as time expired, it would have been fucking perfect. And Harbaugh, the weirdo, called a timeout yes. after he got the ball out past the five, as though he's going to uh, uh, score uh, uh, or get a 60-yard <laughs> Play Within in 12 or, or seconds. Saban,
2: who, who called the timeout at the end? It was Harbaugh. Harbaugh Saban,
0: called, it. Saban called one timeout down there, okay. which made sense. Yeah. Increased the number of snaps, right. increases the number, the, the potential for chaos to but happen. Saban
1: knows how to coach football. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they run that play out to the five yard line, and then Harbaugh calls a timeout so that J.J. McCarthy has to receive another snap and take another knee. What in the world right. are you doing? calling a timeout in that situation, you maniac.
1: Did you see the picture of his dad? He no. looks just like him, doesn't he? Holy shit. Holy shit. shit. Like Google I saw it. the
2: interview with him and his...
1: It looks like they used that aging <laughs> yes, software hundred and just put a photo of Jim Harbaugh the, on it. The face, and just like, oh, ha, ha, the, it's the mannerisms, dad. it's
2: like, crazy how it is like... got I, I, His other brother, by the way harbaugh's are doing okay the number one team in the nfl the they're ravens okay a harbaugh as a, run as a people, michigan yeah. is run by another harbaugh they're doing okay but yes he looks just like him uh do you think it must be true that uh that kid who uh fielded the ball like right on the goal line the hit he took like embarrassment is a painkiller right like that moment of like sheer terror and embarrassment he probably didn't even, like Recognize the pain, right? Like he's like, "Oh my god, I almost oh, no. fucked None it up." Of them like, I don't do, think he felt sure. any pain. He's like, "Oh my no, god." No, he I felt I it, it
0: the next day. Yes. He woke up feeling unpleasant. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> By the way, but uh, real quick, uh, not to pile on um, uh, the quarterback for Alabama, I-, I knew that he didn't throw the ball a lot, like for a lot of yardage. But like he had 116 yards, no passing touchdowns, no nothing. 116. Well, the
1: receivers were shitty too. Where were they? Cramping. That's where.
2: Yeah. But it's weird that that could have been a winning formula with 116 yards. Like, if the, there was also, like, a, a tipped ball that could have been picked off, but, like, the kid caught it. Like, there were three or four plays for Michigan. I am glad that uh, I was a neutral because I would have had a heart attack watching that game. And also the Texas game, we too. We had our share. Like, it was like, oh, my God, these heart attacks. kids are going to ruin this.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, like every little thing that had to break broke Michigan's way. And uh, they were getting away with murder on the offensive line, by the way, in terms of their holding. But that's sort of a whole other story. But back to what I was saying about the game plan coming in, which is that they had an awesome defensive game plan yes. against Milroe in the first half. And then they clammed up. Harbaugh. I think, and if you go look at his playoff and bowl record in his time at Michigan, it's (laughs) terrible. It's just loss after loss after loss. Go look at, like, he had that one great year. He had a, a nice little run in San Francisco in the NFL and then blew it in the Super Bowl against his brother. This seems to be a thing with him where he came in with a really terrific plan. They executed that plan and it was going great. And then he clammed up. This is a this is a constitutionally conservative football person who believed, look, we're in it. Uh, we had a great first half, and now we just have to play Michigan football and, and go back to uh, what, what brung us here, and we're going to win this game. And that almost ruined yeah. it for them, right? He handed all control of that game to Alabama. Instead of doubling down on what worked in the first half, they they stopped. They They stopped doing what they were doing before, and it nearly bit them in the ass.
2: It, it felt like the offense just took, like, two quarters off. Like, Michigan's offense, they, like, literally did nothing after they scored – their second touchdown. The
0: play calling was it was as a neutral party observer, the play calling was atrocious and infuriating. If what your hope is is for Michigan right. to score points in that in that second half, it was conservative garbage play calling. Uh, like and it's like Michigan didn't realize, or Harbaugh doesn't realize, if you want this thing, you have to go right. out and take it. Right, Nick Saban of all people is not going to hand this to you. Alabama is not going to hand this to you. You must fucking take it. And it's like it took until the very last moments of that game where they just had to pants on fire, find a way to score uh, for it to, to sink in. And then they had a you know perfectly good little run there with number one and number two making plays at the end of the game and in overtime.
2: Not related to the on the field stuff, but like maybe this has happened before, but like during the ceremonial stuff, like the God Bless America stuff – is it often that you have one of the participants take that role? Like Michigan, the Michigan band did the anthem. I, I thought know. that was weird. I'm like, why did Maybe Alabama seed Ball ground thing. there? I'm like, no, no, it's got to be a neutral. Get the jelly roll guy or somebody. It's not
1: seeding. They're the number one team.
2: Yeah, but they were the they were
0: the home right, team more or less, right? Have, as far as uh,
1: they're the home, they're the number one. team. I, I've never
2: seen like the the Redcoats or some other schools like, oh, we got this. We'll. Uh,
1: we weren't the number one team when we went we're, to the Rose Bowl,
2: right? We were but number is that four.
3: did
0: Oklahoma's the, hey, band, band play the national
2: I
3: anthem?
0: I think they just said, "Hey,
2: we won the most, so fuck you. We're going to do the thing."
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, bad. I don't know. <laughs> I'm jumping in here after having done some research in the meantime, and I found out that the higher ranked team, their marching band, always plays the national anthem before the Rose Bowl. We could have looked that up maybe while we were recording, but uh, we didn't do that, but yeah, that's just the way they do it there at the Rose Bowl is the higher ranked team gets to play the national anthem. Now, back to the show) It was it was interesting at the end of the game. The marshal of the Rose Bowl or whatever, like the the lady who's in charge, is a Michigan alum, and she got up there on the stage and was like cheering with Michigan at the end. And I can imagine some like real hardo redneck Alabama people getting very upset about that. It's
2: kind of like on uh, uh, on the, on the uh, NFL side when uh, Jimmy Johnson was being given the Ring of Honor or whatever, and they had like the supposedly neutral Troy Aikman come down from the booth. To participate right. in the halftime and then go to back up to be objective again. It's like, all right, you can do both.
0: Anyway, that was a fun game ultimately, even though I lost some money on it. The game after. In the
2: middle of the fucking night, the second yeah. game. By the way, they, uh,
0: yeah, second game. I mean, somebody
2: that- online keeps tracks, uh, track of this. Over one hour worth of commercials in this three and a half hour game.
1: That's fine. What what can you do?
2: The this the problem is with commercials. Not, it's I, what it I think is. it was this year or maybe the year before. College football changed the rules to say you know like to kind of speed up the game because like they would stop the clock after every little thing.
1: Seth Emerson and did they a tweaked thing about it
2: somewhat this. to kind of speed up the game, but then they just took all of those savings to just add yeah. more commercials. So like the the experience to the fan is the same. It's like what was the point?
0: Yeah, there's less football and more commercials. Why is this? Is,
2: yeah, you're welcome. This was a
0: terrible plan.
2: <laughs> not for them, it's not.
0: Texas versus Washington was the nightcap, didn't kick until shortly after 9 o'clock, and was another very exciting game. Washington, that shouldn't
2: have awesome. been, though, right? I mean, uh, Washington It was going back and forth, and then Washington takes a nice little lead. It was great. And then...
0: Washington starts to pull away, and by the way, that, that Michael Penix Jr. guy is awesome. He's got one of the most effortless and pretty-looking deep balls yeah. that I can remember seeing in a college football player. I don't know. And
1: one at the beginning of the third quarter. It looked like it—I don't know. What's a normal speed to throw a football?
0: I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't. It
1: looked like it was going <laughs> okay. twice as fast. Like, it, it was—I don't know. I don't know. It was— he threw it so fast.
0: He's so very far. good. He's and it's not just the deep ball. His his quick little crossing routes come flying out of his hand very quickly and and very accurately. He's a very good quarterback. I think he's going to have uh, success in the NFL. He had a bunch of injuries. Uh, apparently, but, he
1: was really pissed off he didn't win the Heisman.
0: I agree. He should be pissed off for not winning the Heisman. From he what was, I've seen of him this year, he is at least as good as any of the other quarterbacks that I've seen this year. And. And you just fucking wins games, Uh, and yeah, they had to hang on and let the defense save the day at the very end. I was watching this game. We went to bed. I
1: went to bed. They were up by two scores. I thought that would be enough. So they're up by. It was.
0: They they could not finish a couple of times, right? So they kicked two field goals instead of converting on after after flying down the field twice. They they sputtered out and had to kick field goals. So they let Texas hang around, and then when they did eventually get the ball back they went back up by 9 at uh, towards the end of the game and when they did that with like 2 minutes to go I was finally done. That was like 1240 or something. And so I had the game on on the TV with the sleep timer on so that it would eventually turn off. But I went from the lying on my back, you know, straight on my back with the shoulders slightly elevated against the pillow to the side lie, which is how I normally sleep, which means either I'm going to stay awake and catch this game uh, on my Mm -hmm. side or – immediately doze off during the commercials and just be done and i was done at the the commercial it goes to two scores
1: perfect belly this guy is why they're winning
0: laurie wants you to click on a picture of
1: it's just that i don't think it's unrelated that they have this perfect belly on their team the first link there you go look at that It's perfect.
0: Lori's grown uh, fascinated by the.
1: There's this prevalence of bellies out in college football, probably NFL. I don't know. I don't watch it as much. But like this year, there's more bellies out than I've ever seen. I
0: disagree that the prevalence of bellies has increased. I think you've just started to notice bellies.
1: (laughs) It's so cute. Anyway, I think this guy's good luck. Anyway,
0: Washington goes up by nine with like two minutes to go and I fall asleep and only not until the morning do I find out that not only did Texas immediately uh, drive the field and kick a field goal and then uh, Washington goes three and out and has to punt and then Texas gets the ball back and has ultimately gets down the field with just uh, 15 seconds to go. They have a first down from the 15 yard line and they're able to take two or three shots into the end zone at that point. And like, if I had been watching it, I would have been 100% certain that AD Mitchell was going to catch another touchdown and win the game because uh, AD a. Mitchell finally caught a touchdown, I think in the third quarter or maybe earlier in the fourth quarter after having a relatively quiet game, and this guy just fucking catches touchdowns in big games, apparently. That's just what A.D. Mitchell does. And he had an awesome catch on a back shoulder fade, which is my least favorite throw in football, which has also become much more prevalent in the last five years or so. Bellies. But, but when you're six foot five and have like a seven foot reach and you're up against a guy who's like five ten, if you have a quarterback who can do a back yeah. shoulder throw, that's the fucking that's thing little, to do. Yeah. By the way, um, that
2: uh real quick, because I honestly thought, I was watching it live, uh, I thought Texas was going to win because they were driving it down the field with like, it was so fast. It happened. It was like a 30-yard play, 10, 15-yard play. Now they're like inside the 15 with like 15 seconds. But like, before they even got there, Washington was in a position to bleed the clock. They could like Taken a knee they could have done anything, but they ran it up the middle, which is fine right that 's another way to kill the clock. Their guy gets injured, and they had to call an injury timeout that 's right and that 's right so the they time.
0: punted with with like fifty seconds to go instead of with only uh, yeah, like twenty been, yeah. or fifteen right. seconds to go right which by the way, uh, I know that we care a great deal about our fellow football players on the field. But if your guy goes down and starts grabbing at his hamstring or his or his knee or something, and you're a big fat fuck <laughs> of an offensive lineman, just pick him up, <laughs> just pick him up and and drag him off the field. So there's not an injury. You would have timeout. to establish a precedent. Like this, this is
2: to do it even when he's healthy in the first quarter. Say so this is what we do. We're buds, you know. We have our bellies out and we carry each other out like that. I wouldn't read too much into this ref.
1: Yes. It's the Washington way.
0: This is big business. You almost cost yourself a shot in the national title game by allowing number 7 there to to writhe on the ground to the point that the refs had to call a timeout, which by the way, that clock should start running that should be right. a situation where the play clock resets to 25 or whatever they do. I think it's 25 in college. And then on the referee's signal, start right. the game clock and the play clock that's at the same the, time. Why that's a why that's a dead ball is a problem in the rule book as far as I'm it's concerned. It's actually
2: creating a uh, perverse incentive for somebody to just injure the players. Like, we're out of timeouts. Just hurt somebody on the other team. Right.
0: Cause can the, can the defense do that? Does the the defense can't do that in order to stop the clock? No, so can if, they?
2: If it's yeah, so that wouldn't work for them. But like for the team that's up, and you have that uh, you have the timeout, and the other team doesn't have any. I think Texas was out of timeouts at that point, and so there wasn't a, any way around it. But I think your suggestion is right. So like if it was like with thirty seconds of the play clock down, and somebody's injured on that team, stop everything, get them out of the way, and then run the clock resume the clock and then go from there cuz otherwise it's 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 disadvantageous to the team that their player got hurt i mean what were you going to do that happens like people get hurt
0: Right. You're going to – what you're going to do is you're going to send a a defensive lineman out there with a shank and stick it in (laughs) the guy's thigh because – That
1: guy wouldn't be able to play in the next game, though.
0: You're not allowed to – Okay, so you put a freshman out there.
1: Yeah. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. They really
2: should look at that rule because it would have been a disaster for Washington uh, had they lost on account of just an injury that gave Texas just enough time because they needed all of that time. I mean – that, that last play was, like, with one second to go. Like, they needed all of that time to have a chance. Right. It didn't work out, but, like, it would have been a disaster.
0: No, that, that needs to be fixed because if the, if the— See,
1: that's what Kirby Smart was saying. It needs to be
0: fixed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that gives us our college football final, which means we'll be not recording next Monday either. We'll probably record again next Tuesday night so that we can watch—
2: perfect, by the way, right? Liberty, the undefeated, gets throttled, right? So they're no longer undefeated. Florida State— Another right. undefeated team. So, I know that
0: you're, you're all excited about the 12-team playoff next year. Right? Oh, I know. my
2: God. Imagine how much more exciting, like, any of the games before the New that Year's Day like games. fun.
0: What was fun about watching Liberty get housed? No, and no. I was joking about Liberty. But they were, like, literally the
2: only team that will be undefeated this year will be the champion, right? Because, like, if Texas snuck in or somebody else snuck in. But now you have everybody... It's nice and clean. The last two undefeated, are playing each other. It's like a four-point spread, nice and close. One of them will win, and now you'll have a champion. But next year, the playoffs, you'll have all of these teams in, and who knows what will happen?
0: Who knows? It'll be a lot of fun. No
1: one knows what's going to happen anyway. I'm very excited for football next year.
0: We've got Washington versus Michigan. It's a a four-and-a-half-point spread. Washington is the underdog. Once again,
2: what is up with that? Like, they were underdogs to an Oregon team that they beat well, earlier in the season. They beat they, them in the Pac 12. And then now they're, un- I mean, I guess I could see Michigan is the number one yeah, overall. Michigan so. is
1: ranked higher. They,
2: but if Alabama made it through and not Michigan, Alabama would have been the favorite, right? Like, I'm so
1: excited. I'm so yeah. excited for this national championship. The first one since we won the last two. Just like no nerves, pure excitement.
2: Yes,
0: it's going to be Washington, and I have I I am supremely confident that also, Washington like, is going to win. how
1: beautiful is it that in the year of the death of the Pac-12, they are the victors. <laughs>
2: That's true. Right. Like, that, so that would be very good. fitting. If they, do you think the Big Ten would claim this title as theirs? Like, well, you're coming to us anyways. Like they probably cannot,
1: would. They, they probably would fuck them. Who cares? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Penix is or Penix whatever is, is, is his name is is everything that. Jalen Milroe is not. He is a awesome pocket passer who delivers the ball with great efficiency and speed to exactly where it needs to go. And on top of that, he has a terrific deep ball. I expect Washington to put up a ton of points against Michigan. Michigan did not impress me the other night, with the exception of their defensive first half. I don't think J.J. McCarthy is particularly impressive. He He, made, he played... His best possible game, I think, against Alabama. And it was only just that's, barely that's the enough. Thing.
1: I think that, that they really needed to get over the hump of that first playoff because they'd never won one. And it just sort of mentally...
0: I mean, I don't know about mentally. I just think that having watched Washington now in maybe, I don't know, four or five games this season, when their offense is clicking, it clicks very, very well. And it's all because of that quarterback and... I I think four and a half points is crazy. I think Washington is a better team.
2: The, the also, I mean, I'm sure uh, the, the neutral uh, college football uh, people would want a Washington team to win because, like, that would be the cleanest. Because Michigan, I, I don't think anything will come of the the cheating thing. But like, if it did, vacating something, like, it would be complicated. But like with Washington, mm-hmm. to be a clean, undefeated team, the conference is dead. It'll be a nice story. So I'm sure that the people who don't carry the way would rather a washington team win anyways
0: if michigan vacates uh, i think georgia has to hang a hang a banner uh, <laughs> G- georgia georgia has to make a, like a classic bogus fraudulent claim to the national title this year if michigan wins and then has to vacate <laughs> because
2: when's the last time that's happened in the this century has that ever happened Is, I don't like not think it happens
1: thing- anymore
2: because Michigan did that, like, in 97. Didn't they do, like, co-national
1: champions?
0: Do, didn't Auburn all but claim a national title? Right, when but they, they got...
1: didn't. It's weird. F- the, Maybe
2: the BCS uh, the changed Central things. Florida one? Yeah. I don't know if the when they brought in the computer models, people stopped doing it. But, like, I know Michigan did it with Nebraska
0: yeah. in the 90s. Michigan has, like, half a dozen bogus claimed national titles. <laughs> like, And tech got a couple, too. I think Georgia should finish the season at number two, unless this is, like, some sort of epic – Very tight national title game that goes down in the annals of college football history. Georgia was way too good and obviously belonged in the. If if you're just saying wasn't
1: what it mattered.
0: What are the top four teams in the country? Like Georgia was obviously in that list, and it's a goddamn shame that that we weren't.
1: Relaxing postseason here. (laughs) I've really liked this year off. (laughs)
2: And there probably won't be many years off going forward because Georgia will be in We're the top twelve forever, right? Like, so they'll be in it all the time.
1: Like, but hopefully, that's the thing. Yeah. If you're not, it's fucking failure. Right. So, yeah, this is maybe the last stress-free and postseason. Joe, yeah. We'll see. And until Kirby decides he doesn't want to do this anymore,
2: he's way too young for God. that. He'll I, be around I, forever.
0: I, I boldly predicted that Washington was going to win and win handily. Uh, Who? just now. Abe, oh. Abe, make a make a call here who's going to win next week?
2: Uh I'm going to stick with the Harbaughs, you know, Michigan.
0: Disagree. Maybe we'll do an NFL playoff preview next week too, uh, cuz there's a lot of fun to shake out still in the NFL playoff picture, right? The Colts have an opportunity oh, to boy. not only uh make the playoffs, but don't they have a if the Jaguars lose, then the Jaguars they win lose, the, and, and the Colts win, they win the division?
2: Hosting a game. With Gardner Minshew, what a terrible year for the NFL overall. Great for the media, who are Colts, but like it's been a shaky year with uh, when it comes to teams. But yeah, right. Like, and,
0: the, and the Colts have the Texans, right? And the, yeah,
2: that's the problem. So a year ago this time, that fucking C.J. Stroud was throwing the ball all over Georgia, like they almost beat him at Ohio State, and now that asshole plays for the Texans, and I'm not very confident that uh, Minshew will be able to outduel C.J. Right. Stroud. So a better name. <laughs>
1: yes.
2: Do you
0: think? Do you think C.J. Stroud, who's had an awesome year, oh, uh, he's
2: the, the best of the bunch. I mean, he's so. Is good. he?
0: Is he a legitimate uh, future NFL quarterback, or is this he's another like Joe one Burrow of those? Again.
2: He is Joe Burrow. good. He's Joe he is, Burrow. Good. Holy is, shit! This guy's amazing. He's that is quite a claim. Very sound. I There's have so a,
1: much of Joe Burrow that's good that's not football related, like just the. The oozing of the personality of yeah. Joe Burrow. Like you can't even mention them together. It
0: sounds a little racist <laughs> what Lori's just done here. I'm pretty sure that was a racism.
1: Yeah, that's that's what it is.
0: I don't know. I guess I haven't seen I haven't seen him play enough to know, but my impression was that Watch he was not weekend. gonna be he was not going to be that good. And then it turns out he has been that good. So
2: I was wrong. Uh, I mean, it's early days, but like uh, the Bryce young experiment is not going too well. I thought like, despite his size, he was like so good, like moving around. And I judge quarterbacks based on how they play against Georgia. Like, so when CJ Stroud, like, I don't know how many yards he threw it on. A very so many, good defense. Like
1: 400.
2: I was like, this guy's actually not bad. And then He's like so Bryce Song also has had good games against Georgia. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. they're, they're both going to be great. Anthony Richardson, I don't know. Florida kind of sucked. And he sucked at Florida. So I didn't know how he would do it. He's injured this year. So we'll see next year. But C.J. Stroud is amazing.
0: There's something else in the NFL that like can get weird. The Falcons can win a game become 8 and 9. And if the Bucks lose, they will be the NFC South champions.
2: They'll host a game
0: and host a playoff game. <laughs> That's horrific.
1: It's like the
0: That's so horrific. Who's
1: the best loser? That
0: in this NBC Sports breakdown of the playoff picture, the outside looking in, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Vikings, the Bears, Have been mathematically eliminated. They're at number 11. The Falcons are at number 12, behind the Bears somehow, who have been (laughs) mathematically eliminated. I'm not sure who designed this uh, playoff picture bracket here over at NBCSports.com, but it is. Probably
1: your skinny, tall, weird guy. It is
0: funny that they have the Falcons behind a team that (laughs) has been mathematically eliminated.
1: (laughs) That is funny, isn't it?
0: Anyway, that's uh, that's cast iron balls. By
2: the way, real quick, uh, I don't know if you caught the Cowboys Lions game, but there was uh, the Lions were crying foul because they were uh, trying to disguise an, a fat guy touchdown. Right? They had three linemen.
0: Right. So I dare you. First of all, I dare you to explain what it means and why someone has to report as eligible. To the referee. So
1: fucked up. Well,
2: wait a minute. I mean, for the sake... I mean, it would be chaos if, like, this anybody could be eligible. what talking about. It
1: needs to be fixed.
2: The defense needs to be able to know who to cover in coverage. Like, you can't just have... Everyone! No, that would be chaos. No, there's only the... the, the there's, like, there's, there are these rules where only certain number of players can be eligible... And you have to be positioned in a certain way. You can't be, like, center and be eligible.
0: Right. Uh, so then ex- then explain it to me why he needs to report. If he doesn't line up as the center either of the guards or the tackles, then why is he reporting at all? That's the part that I've, I've never bothered to fully understand. I just know that sometimes the referee comes on and says, uh, click, number 79 is reporting as eligible. It's like, okay, so there's a fat guy who might catch the ball here, I guess, is what I just right. found out. Uh, but if he doesn't, like, is, does he then, does he say I'm eligible and then he lines up as the right guard and becomes eligible despite he that fact? His
1: tribute.
2: So generally there will be either left tackle position, right tackle position, or like a fullback or something like that, where they'll be like in a running kind of stance. But like, if I think they're running back, they don't have to declare themselves. I'm not sure. But like, if you're on either end of the line and I think it's in the NFL, don't quote me on this. I think in the NFL, it's like a numbers thing. Like if you're between 50 something and 70 something, you're one of the linemen people. So you have to declare yourself eligible and then the ref has to tell the defense that, hey, this particular fat guy is eligible. Who is who in is in the is, past that would tell you in the audience, didn't they? Like, hey, number seventy four is right, right. eligible.
0: So but that's so this is what I'm not understanding. Is if if fat fuck lines up as one of the people who has to be on the cause you have to have seven people lined up, on the line of scrimmage, right? Isn't right. that the rule? Like it's seven? Yeah, it's... But not all of them are eligible to leave the line of scrimmage after the ball is snapped and right. become a receiver, right? Because the, right. the linemen have to stay within one yard of the line of scrimmage until the ball has been thrown, right?
2: Yes. And if they're downfield, that's also illegal. Like if...
0: Right. If they're downfield, that's illegal. The part that I've never understood is if he's lined up as – like, can can you just declare yourself eligible if you still have the right numbers of people on the line of scrimmage and you're lined up as – I mean, whatever. Now I'm just talking myself in circles.
2: It would, it would create chaos. I think they're doing it for competitive advantage. But, like, in any case, the Lions are aware of the rule. But what they wanted was to – Mask it. because they sent three different linemen to the ref. I mean, two of them were standing right in front of the ref and a third lineman who typically is the one who declares eligible. Like, that's typically the guy. This time he wasn't, but, like, the ref, I guess, he was on autopilot. He fucked up, and he's like, oh, this guy's running my way, so he must be the guy because he's always the guy. He tells the Cowboys, that guy is eligible. The Cowboys defend him they're not defending the other fat guy the other fat guy scored a touchdown and the lions are complaining it's like don't get cute with this just the, the rule is there for the defense to know you can't trick the defense on who's eligible it doesn't work that way
0: right the the lions coach wanted to outsmart everybody he wanted to check right. the rule book in some fashion and instead he fucked himself it's like he, he slid the Like a Trojan horse into the city, and then they were like, "Oh, firewood, good." And they put it on the fire, and then the people who slid the Trojan horse in there were like, "Hey, that's not you weren't supposed to do that with that with that Trojan horse. Uh, You're supposed to just let it sit there." It's like, "No, you fucking dummy. You you don't once you do the thing, you're no longer in control. And when you're trying to be sneaky, uh, you're often just going to end up fucking yourself, and that's." I wonder,
1: you know how like in shows about courts. And like judges, they'll be like, oh, this judge is good because they are really sympathetic or like, oh, this judge is a real hard ass. I wonder if there are refs that are like more lenient towards certain things than others or crews. I would like someone to look into this.
2: Apparently that crew and the Lions don't mesh too well because anytime that crew refs their games – Something weird happened. I would like. I have
0: no sympathy for the lions on this. I'm I'm completely I'm completely on the side of the confused old man ref who was asked to participate in this deception <laughs> and then was like, "What? No, I'm I'm confused now." What I didn't you... hear
2: it on the. I did not hear it on the broadcast, but apparently they said that they also announced it to the audience, right? So like that would have been the, the lions' cue to say, "Oh, the old man didn't get it." Like And then you have to come clean at that point. Like, all right, right, he said 70, but 68 is the guy we want. Why would you go through with the play if you hear that 70 is who the, the referee thinks is eligible? He just, right. He's, a- he's now just –
0: the referee has now just established the reality of the situation. Right. And it's like Dan Campbell is like, no, I'm going to continue to fight against the reality of the situation because it's not fair. Like, that's It's, it's a very childish – it's a very childish thing to have done. All right. All right, that is cast iron balls. Real quick, let's play a quick Strassman. It's now time for the America's break, favorite then game then show. Then uh, no, we got a whole bunch of other stuff o'clock. to do. We're gonna go until no. we're gonna go until twenty twenty five tonight.
1: Anyways. No, it's ten o'clock.
0: We're doing three hours. We're doing a Biffler length episode.
1: <laughs> you always do that. Do you realize how long these are?
2: Is this the one with uh, the seizure? Oh, yeah. In tonight's Health Watch, a warning about the herbal supplement called Kratom. The FDA says millions of Americans used it to treat pain, anxiety, and opioid withdrawal. But it's blamed for addiction, seizures, and even deaths. CBS's Mark Strassman spoke with a family on a mission to spread the word
1: about a potentially dangerous product.
3: In this security video, Dustin Hernandez has minutes to live. He collapses, has a seizure, and dies. Toxicology testing blamed the toxic effects of mitragenine, typically marketed as kratom.
1: Very painful to watch.
3: Dusty Young, the victim's sister, says her brother took kratom for his anxiety. He was in denial about it being addictive. Kratom's commonly marketed as a wellness wonder, widely sold online and in gas stations. The FDA says kratom is addictive. It warns not to use kratom because of the risk of serious adverse effects. Since 2014, the agency has tried to bar kratom from being imported. Every bag of kratom on the shelf got here by people who are fraudulently saying it's something else. Lawyer Talis Abilins represents the family of Dustin Hernandez. There's fraud going on. Absolutely. And what makes it even worse is that they're selling it like it's coffee or tea. The American Kratom Association, the AKA, admits the industry has many illegitimate products. How many Kratom players are there?
0: i guess about 8,000.
3: And how many legitimate ones are there? Uh, I would say three dozen, maybe a few more than that. But AKA spokesman Mac Haddo blames the FDA. They simply say we're not gonna regulate, we wanna ban it. They should be regulating it and protecting consumers. The AKA is pushing the Kratom Consumer Protection Act, what it calls a best practices standard. 11 states have passed a local version of the act. But critics say the issue is Kratom itself. This Kratom product is associated with seizures, coma, and death. And if that had been on the bag, a lot of lives would be saved. Dustin Hernandez was a shy guy. His family intends to be a loud voice for accountability. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Dallas.
0: <laughs> hey, did CBS News' senior <laughs> national news correspondent, Mark Strassman, get off a good one?
2: That that was a good one. Yes, I'll give it to him. I will say though, oh, I, like your, I, I found it very what is distasteful. Wrong with you? Strassman
0: gets off a good one.
2: Your your uh, clip. I guess they must do this a little differently because that uh, segment was played on the uh, the morning show or whatever, like whatever CBS News. It wasn't that that particular clip, but everything is the same. They show the the kid like just kind of. Having a episode and falling down, right? Like in the counter, Strassman is saying, "We're not going to show you the clip as they're showing it." As like, they, <laughs> I'm like, "What are you talking about? I just saw the whole thing." Like, I mean, it's a little blurry, but like, I see what happened. But well, uh, maybe
0: maybe the clip goes on from there to something even more distasteful than
2: <laughs> he explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the one that I saw was like like twice as long as this one.
0: Don't buy uh, unregulated supplements from places where it says like in bold, bright neon colors. Get your whatever this is well, here for five dollars. No, no, no.
1: Just bigger, uh, ge- more general. Don't buy anything that isn't groceries where you buy groceries. Yes. Don't buy anything that isn't gas where you buy gas. It's yes. Easy. You yeah. know, just, the... just keep your thing. Buy your shampoo from a fucking hair salon. Buy your drugs from a drug dealer. Yes, don't put olive oil in your hair.
2: This, uh, this particular person who unfortunately died, like his family was saying that he took this kratom for like shyness or something, or like anxiety or something. Like, aren't there like through the doctor medications you can take for like anxiety? Like why you can also
1: get that through your drug dealer. We or your drug dealer, yes. This sounds like friendly a... friendly neighborhood drug dealer.
2: This sounds like an untested, unnecessary thing. Unless they're giving them for cheap, I don't know. But this seems like an unnecessary risk
3: to yeah. take. All
0: right, that's, that's the first Strassman of the new year. It's a, a classic Strassman formulation right there.
3: Dustin Hernandez was a shy guy. His family intends to be a loud voice for accountability.
0: Like, that's the old school kicker to a Strassman story that we've come to know and love out of him Uh, let's see in 2024 a Mickey Mouse has drifted into the public domain finally because 95 years ago uh, Mickey Mouse made his debut in the film Steamboat Willie and then in another short film that was released that same year uh, called Uh, Something about a plane, I forget what it was exactly. Yeah, so Steamboat Willie and the the other short was called Plane Crazy, which is a pun because it's P L A N E, which gives us both Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse uh, in the public domain, which means that you can you can do the thing that South Park did a decade ago with Mickey, and you have no fear of being sued by the House of Mouse. You can riff on Mickey, you can tell all sorts of tales about Mickey. You cannot put white gloves on Mickey, the classic. Mickey white gloves didn't show up in the Mickey universe until a few years later. So it's going to be another few years until you can introduce Mickey wearing the white gloves. But if you want to have a, a mouse that looks a great deal like Mickey Mouse speaking in a high and funny sort of voice with a great so deal did, of... they didn't
2: protect that? They were making that voice in the 20s?
0: Yeah, in the Duke write-up about this, apparently the voice is, for whatever reason, not copyrightable. So... You can do that voice still, uh, but in addition to that, we have the uh, children's picture book, which is the oldest picture book still in print, apparently. We have it in my pile of books to keep for the kids to give to them when they are grown uh, because that we used to read this one all the time. It's called Millions of Cats, and it's by Wanda Gog, G-A-G, the oldest American picture book still in print. Uh, that came into wow. the public domain. A.A. A. Milne's house at Pooh Corner, as you were saying, Abe, which introduced the Tigger character, because last year we got Pooh and Christopher Robin, but Tigger had not yet entered the greater... Pooh cinematic universe uh, in the A.A. A. Milne's uh, history, but then this year uh, now 95 years later it does, so now you can put Tigger because like, in the past year they had the Pooh horror movie come out where, where yeah. like Pooh went around killing folks at a campground or something like that uh, in the sequel now they can have Tigger show up as well
2: uh, <laughs> I don't think that it's going to be a sequel. It didn't even make it to my theater. Never heard of that uh, P-
0: Peter Pan uh, the, the by J.M. Barry, Even though this was much a much older piece of intellectual property, it wasn't published for copyright purposes until 1928. And so now, 95 years later, Peter Pan finally comes into the public domain. Those are the the notable books. There's a bunch of movies that none of us would mostly recognize, and a bunch of musical compositions that we mostly wouldn't recognize as well, which sort of gets at the point that I want to make here, which is that with the very rare exception of Lady Chatterley's Lover, for example, is also on the on the list of books and plays uh, that come into the public domain this, this year, I mean, Mickey Mouse, Tigger from Pooh, for the most part, Everything else that's coming into the public domain this year uh, has no place in the culture any longer. And maybe that's in part because the culture has no use for it. But maybe that's also in part because it wasn't permitted to uh, enter into the broader cultural conversation at some point in the last 50 years by allowing it to be remade and recreated and remixed and commented upon in a way that kept it relevant and interesting for For the public. And so that now all of these completely irrelevant things come flooding into the public domain nearly a century later, and nobody really cares because they don't speak to the moment anymore in the way that they might have if they had lapsed into the public domain after 25 years, or 30 years, or even 40 years, or maybe just the life of the author, so that when the author kicked it, the estate had like three years to to celebrate the author's death by making all the money that they could, and then uh, everything goes into the public domain after that. I think this is an incredibly important thing that we could do to reinvigorate the culture. And if, if you want uh, uh, an obnoxious uh, monologue about it, listen to today's The Morning Press, where I, I touch on that for like the whole second yesterday's. half. Right. Yesterday's uh, The Morning Press, where I talk about it for like six minutes at the end of the of the newscast, which turns out it was just like four minutes of newscast and then like <laughs> six and a half minutes of me uh, talking about bad movies and, and cultural artifacts. But the, I think that the point is important. I think that it would be better as a culture if the rights to uh, Harry Potter, just as an example, did not live in perpetuity with J.K. Rowling – for that because the way it works now for works that are published post 1978 the author uh, even even if the so even if it was before 1978 the author can claim it can, can go back and claim it if they're still alive. And then their estate will own the rights to that work for 70 years after they die. J.K. Rowling is not yet 60 years old. She could easily live. She's a billionaire. She's a healthy white lady, presumably as, as best we can tell. She's not even yet 60. She could easily live another 30 or 40 years yeah. uh, with all that fucking money that she's got and the way that people live these days. And and then it's uh, 70 years after that that her estate still has control of it. Why should Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling's future great-great-grandchildren, or whoever is running her estate uh, in the year 2110, still have full complete creative control and ability to profit from the work that she did in 1997? That's fucking psychotic to me. It doesn't make any sense. And it means one of two things. Either the work will become completely opaque to the culture. Like, it it will become meaningless to the culture if it cannot evolve by it being remixed. Like imagine if if all of hip hop would simply wouldn't exist, right? If you right. couldn't go back and sample I mean, and they Right. Yeah. The sampling, the remixing, all of that stuff. There's a culture in music that allows for artists to be compensated for that sort of work in a way that doesn't seem to exist as clearly in other works of art. And I think arguably it it's still too strongly litigated. In the, in the musical world, that there should be uh, right. uh, more of a willingness to say after some relatively short amount of time, if what we want is a healthy, vibrant culture that is commenting on itself and growing and, and remixing itself and becoming interesting in, in new and interesting ways, uh, uh, we should not be forking over all of the intellectual property rights Uh, The way that so many musicians are now, where they're selling their entire catalogs to—they would
1: like money, please.
0: Yeah, money is great. Why do the why? Why does uh, Bob Dylan need a billion fucking dollars?
1: He doesn't need a billion dollars, but the people who write the music aren't making a billion dollars.
0: Fuck Bob Dylan, who's who wouldn't have who wouldn't have a goddamn career if not for the fact that he stole a bunch of folk music. Right? He comes from the folk. He comes from the folk tradition where there are no rights holders to right. any of this shit. He doesn't have a career, if not for the fact. So,
1: wait, are you saying he's not the first king of controversy?
0: Uh, you're but not he... going to get me to quote Eminem, I don't think, Lori. But uh Eminem is a great example. Uh he should He's no longer the possess the rights to the real
1: Elvis Presley.
0: To, to to the real slim shady. Well,
2: l- l- let me ask you something. All right. So you know, you first of all, the answer as to why things are the way they are is because somebody, probably the Disney people, lobbied some politicians to get it to where what is it now? What did you say? It's lifetime plus seventy years, like the life of the the content creator plus seventy? Is that the formula currently? right so, so
0: yeah lifetime plus 70 so Stephen King is still alive still writing stuff has been writing stuff uh, publishing stuff since I think 1974 but his stuff won't go into the public domain until 70 years after he's dead that's just it, that's, it doesn't yeah.
2: so yeah I think you're right that is way too far apart you know I'm looking at other protection you know like so like drugs right you know you have these blockbuster drugs and the company has I don't know 15 years Twenty years? How long would Viagra patents like
1: patents only twenty
2: protected. No. Right? I, I should like, know this like Viagra is protected for a certain period of time, they try to tweak the formula to 10. say, like, oh, this is a different thing. So, yeah, 10 years, they make so much money in those 10 years and then it becomes generic and they still continue to make money. with music, And all of that,
0: And, and yeah. an argument can be made that all of that research is done in-house by, right. by your money, right? And that, right. that is, in, in, in important ways, that is new work that does not actually build on the legacy of, I mean, yeah, to some extent, it builds on the cultural legacy of fucking science, right? right. Like None of the drugs would be possible but for the advances of science over the course of the last – but, like, they pour hundreds of billions of dollars into research, right, to develop these fucking things. And they still – and, they yeah, is it a gross shame that they get to make the obscene profits that they do, I guess, if you want to be mad about that? Fine. I mean the number of Uh,
2: years is – you can quibble with, but, like, it doesn't make a certain logic to, like, incentivize the research investments. Okay, you'll get, like, a seven-year, ten-year head start – and then it'll open it up right there's some sort of you're trying to strike a balance with music like you say it's kind of like hey whatever sample this sample that what would be the not the financial advantage what would be the creative advantage of of let's say what would you recommend as far as like these characters like is it like within someone's lifetime so like if it was uh George R. R. Martin guy, the, the dragon guy, if he there was be still no,
0: there, should be no, there should be no corporate personhood rights to characters and likenesses. That should so the, be the person that who's still be alive. Be so basically, it's
2: just, so it's lifetime, and that's it,
0: right? There's, there, it is, it is a, a patent obscenity that Walt Disney has been dead oh, for a patent. my entire life, right? When did right. Walt Disney die? In the 60s? Like, he died yeah. an extremely long time ago, I late got, 60s or something.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Roy Disney was around.
0: Roy Disney didn't fucking make anything. He helped run right, the they, company okay, so... after Walt was dead. But Roy uh, Roy is not the steward of Mickey Mouse, right? So there, like, Roy... Okay, So,
2: so with that being said, what would the a proposal that you would suggest and like, would it just be you're okay with the lifetime? There has
0: to be be an acknowledgement on on behalf of artists that for all of the claims to originality, for all of the claims to inventing intellectual property, your ideas are mostly not your own. The things that you have to say are a direct result of all of the other shit that you've taken in and the way that you've remixed it into something that is, yes, unique uh, to your own expression, absolutely, and that should be respected and you should be permitted to profit from that, at least to the extent that you can, and uh, importantly, you should be able to stop other people from profiting off of your Personal direct work that you have done, right so it shouldn 't be the case that I uh, write something on the internet that I think is really good, but I just put it on my fucking blog and i didn 't sell it to anybody, and then some jackass comes along and packages it into an Amazon ebook and is like making four hundred ninety nine a month or something off right. of it right. like that is that is completely unacceptable right. and I should have the right to shut that sort of thing down, but at some point, if something becomes part of the culture in a meaningful way, it no longer belongs to you like literally like it. it's simply part of the cultural conversation in a way that you can continue to profit off of and you should be the only one who continues to profit off of the work that you actually did the thing that you actually made the art that you actually created yes absolutely but once it's part of the broader conversation other people should be permitted to remix it as they see fit largely in my opinion in
2: any way so okay so like uh, I don't know, is is Barney like a protected character? Like, what if like some... Oh, uh, of course.
1: No one wants Barney.
2: What if some like a uh, furry, like adult film thing wants to do like, you know, Barney does Buffalo or something, right? And like, you know, it's tarnishing the brand of Barney. This is like a children's character
0: right and, and who gives a shit a great example is that the, the five nights at freddy's thing that came out this year right there was yes. that so so five nights at freddy's game, is just right? it was a game but then they remade it into a movie that abe went and saw because I he's. did not uh, see oh you did not see that one sorry uh, <laughs> i've never
2: heard of this fucking name or movie or game i was like what is it's this it's a I'm not,
1: game yes. that the gen z's play okay. on
2: their phones I, I knew there was something. I was like, "Man, this is like a generation behind or in front of me." Or, mm-hmm. but it, the-
0: what it's based on is the notion of a Chuck E. Cheese, right? That there is a, uh, animatronic animals in this like video game arcade sort of kids' birthday palace where they sell pizza, and uh, instead of calling it Chuck E. Cheese, they call it Freddy's, and that should be permitted to exist exactly as it is. And and in my opinion, they should just be able to call it fucking Chuck E. Cheese. Like if somebody wants to make that as a riff on the Chuck E. Cheese universe, largely I think they should be allowed to do that. And I don't know – we can hash out the details on the timing and all of that shit. But like what I I get upset about it is when these pieces of intellectual property fall into the hands of one of four uh, media multinational conglomerates who then are – insisting that only they are allowed to tell the stories about Superman and Batman, and, like, bullshit! Batman's been around since the fucking 30s! Like, what are you talking- why should DC and Warner Brothers continue to have exclusive control over the art that can be made about this thing that is a product of American culture in a way that almost nothing else is? Like, Superman is still a decade away from from going into the public domain.
2: you don't see any advantage in protecting like intellectual property of this sort like
0: I'm interested in having a conversation about the details when the artist is still around and still producing art and still profiting from it themselves but as soon as we start getting into Warner Brothers or HBO or whoever or Disney owning the rights or after having bought up the, the property rights to these pieces of intellectual property from someone else like then, that's it's an entirely different conversation, and I don't see. I and the, you know what I don't. Why I don't see the value to it is because look at what they've done over the course of the last fucking fifteen years. Right. What fucking garbage schlock have they been? popping out you, you're telling me that there couldn't have been a better uh, star wars trilogy than the shit that we got in the with the with the trilogy from from like, disney you, like could, say what you will about the prequels uh at least it was the vision of an artist of one person of george lucas it was a disaster and i didn't uh, i i think it, it, it is messy and sloppy but i love those movies in a way that i could never love the disney versions because those are just product
1: Rogue One is, like, an actually good movie.
0: Yeah, Rogue One is fun and good and okay. cool.
2: The, I think there is some middle ground, but I think you do need to get afford some protection because, like, if I'm, like, I don't know, like, Marvel and, like, there's some DC... Oh, a fucking... This DC company is spending, like, a billion dollars on a trilogy on, like, Batman. I'm going to make, like, a Batman show on one of my streaming channels and he joins Al-Qaeda or something. I'm going to ruin his brand. Like, nobody wants to do business with Superman because he's like... Well, make,
0: make great movies and it won't fucking matter, oh. right? Like, that's the bottom line is that this... It, it also... In, it encourages people to just rely on the the piece of intellectual property that people have nostalgia for or have pre-established feelings for. that, And that's why we've gotten this entire DC thing over the course of the last 15 years has lived entirely on the work of Tim Burton in the 90s and then Christopher Nolan in the 2000s uh, to, to that the sort of goodwill that was built up for these characters is what allowed total pieces of shit to make billion dollars after billion dollars after billion dollars and be regarded as failures commercially and artistically like what what, what are the th- what is the thing that we're actually getting here and what are we giving up that's a, that's one of the oldest things that I've ever said on this podcast I used to say it all the time in 2009 in terms of uh, the art that we get now what are we getting versus what are we giving up and I think that the trade-off is obviously uh, skewed it's obviously right. wrong
2: I, I, i'm not I'm not confident that we would have better Content. If you loosen it, loosen it up. I mean, like, I mean, Winnie the Pooh is a bad example because so much time has passed and it's not part of the current culture. But like, it is people if you have kids. It is.
0: It is. I read the Winnie the Pooh books to my kids as a as a, when they were growing up. Right, right at the right? end, and wept yeah. like a giant baby because they're fucking beautiful. Perfect pieces of art. And they should not belong to the Walt Disney Corporation. They should belong to all of us. Now that A.A. A. Milne has been dead low these many years, it's not up to any stupid because that's the other thing, is that, and I made the point in my monologue. There's no estate. The estate that exists to respect the artistic integrity of the artist is a bullshit notion. It's a romantic fiction that doesn't actually reflect reality in any meaningful way. There's it happens like once, like the Salinger estate, respected JD Salinger's wishes, and besides that, it's just a money make, uh, yes. just a money making operation. Fuck out of here with artistic integrity. It's
1: now ten twenty three.
0: All right, let's play the Billboard Hot one hundred game. All right, I will now roll the dice and find out where in time and where on the Billboard Hot one hundred we are going. All right, it is number 49, so uh, close to where we were last week at 55. Uh, we are going to year number 14 on the list, which will put us at...
1: 96.
0: 98? 96. Abe is correct. Good uh... job, Abe. <laughs> All right, Billboard Hot 100 this week. We still have the Christmas songs in the top 10, so they have not yet... Wow made it off of the list there i'm gonna scroll down to number 49 oh this is uh this is a popular one this is Billie eilish who's that uh she was that teen who made the the bad guy video a few years ago
2: right
0: this song is what was i made for a brief aside about Billie Eilish. She had a big spread in one of the the fashion mags or the the culture lifestyle mags like a couple Vogue weeks or ago. Like yeah, Vogue or Vanity Fair or something like that. And she's a young lady. She's like fucking twenty or yeah. twenty two or yeah. something like that. And not that we're quite in child star territory here, but reading an interview with a, <laughs> a child who's been forced to grow up in the strangest way imaginable and then like talk about their sexuality and their identity and all of this stuff is such an obvious crime against 22
1: this is not at all a child
0: against this You'd person's senior, right yeah future good health uh this is not a normal uh adult human being no, i don't
1: but it's not that t- a 22 year old Does not in any way see themselves as a child,
0: right? Until they're thirty and they realize what a fucking moron they were when they were twenty-two.
2: But they're giving the interview now.
1: That's that's famous people are twenty-two.
0: It is we're old. It is fucking
1: wordle today.
2: I was uh, delivering pizzas at twenty-two. I was an adult.
1: Ask me any.
0: It is it is weird and bad.
1: Just stay out of the cult stay on college football it's all you need to do bunch of grown-ups just don't don't ask the students and also don't bob i mean players. we
2: we're talking about all of these uh kid you know that kid that was uh, the muff the punt like these kids are like 18 19 and they're playing in front of like 100,000 people millions at home you know Kids uh, can do things. Yeah,
0: and you know what happens when they put a microphone in front of their face oh, yeah, at the end of the game? Things, yes. They they say the dumbest possible thing. The the dumbest possible arrangement of words comes out of their mouth, and it, it always includes Jesus and God.
1: Not always. Yes. Stetson Bennett never said shit like that. Stetson, Stetson Bennett, Bennett always was had, a forty five year old man playing <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of children. He was twenty five. He was great.
0: This is from the Barbie movie. That's what this song is for. End? All the I'm sad again. Don't tell my- Kind of a slow build, this one.
3: Might be just a slow
1: song. how to
0: feel,
3: but I want to try. I don't know how to feel, but someday I
0: might. All right. So I don't even know where. I will clip that song. In order to share it, um,
1: that was fine.
0: I guess it was.
2: We'll see what the competition is.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So we'll go with the last week of December for 1996, which is the 22nd through the 28th, which gives us a comparable week. The number one song in the country that week. Was unbreak my heart by. There
1: you go, Tony
0: Braxton. That's Tony what was Braxton.
1: popular then.
0: It's a it's a really great <laughs> you... top three here. At number two is I believe I can fly by oh, R. Yes. Kelly from from the Space Jam soundtrack. Then we've got En Vogue up there at number three. No diggity is the number four song. Oh,
2: that's, that's what I was thinking.
0: Of. Nineteen end of nineteen ninety six. Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand, all in the top ten there. Quite a murderer's row in the top 10 at the end of 1996 scrolling down
1: which like that's a perfect example it, it bookmark this week in the time now because none of the top 10 songs right now are going to be anything close to those top 10 songs from back then although like the it, lasting it's right. power of those is intense
2: I wonder if this speaks to to our bias because it's like in our wheelhouse. Like we're like what?
0: Hey, 13, the whole 14. fucking segment uh, eternally speaks to our bias. But what the, are you talking about?
1: It does, but time will tell. Is what what I'm yes. saying right. yeah. is back then we didn't know that those songs would still be playing on current playlists. Right. In whatever right. stores.
0: Whatever. I don't care that this Billie Eilish Barbie song has 100 million views on YouTube. It will not stand the test no. of time the way that uh, Tony that's Braxton. 25. Even like right. the sure, top sure. 50, 50, You got 50, Alanis.
2: You got Outcast. Right. It's Alanis is nice you
0: ought to know in the yeah. top 40. Like
1: banger, 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 banger.
0: <laughs> Outcast right in the top 40. Now,
1: it's not going to be that. Oh, look at There's Brian my Adams. boy
0: LL Cool J at number oh, 43. Your boy. You,
1: the picture of his abs that I sent. Just in case.
0: Did I say 44 or 45? 40, um, 49.
2: I thought it
1: was
2: fifth.
0: 49. Okay. Okay. 49. I got worried when I saw God, what 45. Look at all was. of
1: them. <laughs> Quad City DJs. West
2: Side connection.
0: The Smash- Oh, my Uh-oh. God. It's The Smashing Pumpkins at number 49. How about it? That's 33. The song uh, 33 by The Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, a similar actual feel, I would argue, to the Billie Eilish song, just in terms of a. Uh, A sort of uh, lament of a song that we're about to play for you Uh, one of my favorite smashing pumpkin songs this one obviously is no contest number 48 though before i play the pumpkins was give me one reason by tracy chapman a terrific song that we've discussed before
2: by the way uh i've made uh, the claim before that i don't know as many smashing pumpkin songs as i actually do is this one of them like the title doesn't strike me as a song i've heard of
0: this, yep, is, this is one that was a single, obviously, because it's on the on the Billboard Hot 100 here. Easily the least popular single from this record, from Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness.
1: Can oh, we God. just listen to Unbreak My Heart, too? was funny. The earth my head. At the
3: blasphemy.
0: A beautiful song and a beautiful video, as a matter of fact. But as I said, the fifth single off of *Melancholy* and almost certainly the the softest hit uh, they had. Is uh, it
1: the most infinite?
0: *Bullet* with butterfly wings, 1979. Zero and *Tonight Tonight* had preceded it, and this came out at the very end of the *Melancholy* run. That was just a. I mean, there's no point in me talking about it because it's one of my favorite records of all time. And forever will be. Uh, so, in my opinion, uh, 33 is a better and more Bad memorable band. and lasting song <laughs> yes. than Billie Eilish's Barbie song. Abe, uh, do you assent to that opinion? Yes,
2: I agree. Uh, it's uh, unanimous, I would imagine, right?
1: Yeah, it was better. Just play, play, play Tony Braxton. Okay. <laughs>
0: Classic 90s, uh, we're going to make a whole fucking movie out of this song in the video.
2: Oh, boy.
0: Motorcycle wreck.
2: I don't understand people who ride b- motorbikes. What a ridiculous
0: hobby. Well, don't fucking T-bone it into a parked car. Come back and bring back my smile. Come and take these tears away. She is so much more emotive than I would have guessed, having not heard this song in quite some time. So
3: Bring back those nights when I held you beside me. Gotta
0: get to the big doesn't she really go for it at the end? Yes. Yeah. Anytime when you get that trill in the voice, I don't know
3: why we all thought we
1: were bad.
0: Landed on the Smashing Pumpkins. We might as well stop ever playing this game again. That's I That's stupid. That <laughs> There's maybe this the, game uh, won't end
1: until we land on breakfast at goddamn Tiffany's. Yeah.
2: There's maybe the tipping point week where everything else is just the old stuff is clearly better.
0: Yeah. All right. We, uh, obviously, it's now late. We've been going for a couple hours now, and it's probably too late to get into our predictions i'll save that we'll save those for next week uh nothing wrong you can with still
1: that Still predict them next you week
0: you can still predict them next week and in fact we should be batting at a much higher percentage by uh two percent or so right because we'll have we'll have finished uh two percent of the year and we'll have yep. that much more information that we can do you pour. have any
1: predictions for the week though uh
0: i don't know what's supposed to happen this week
1: i don't know this is not my game I don't predict. I just I exist.
0: I mean, the Washington Huskies are going to defeat the Michigan Wolverines. Do, are we supposed to say mush? Like, do, we, do we want them to mush in the way that like, Huskies do?
1: I want them to go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know what the, the cheer is.
1: <laughs>
2: I do like the M versus W
1: matchup. It's, it looks nice. It looks real good.
0: Not a bad color scheme matchup it, either. It, it's with, not a
1: great color scheme. You got two different blues going on.
0: Well, it's like a purple it's for Washington, fine. isn't it? It's closer to a purple.
1: It's fine. Man, it,
2: uh, I think the, the national title games in Texas and in Houston, man, it would have been obnoxious if it was a Texas in the finals. It would have been all Texas fans
0: yeah i uh i like matthew mcconaughey i don't need him on the sideline yes he's, uh, he's college not there for you games. i don't
1: think it's weird
0: i don't know why i don't know why that's permitted i don't know why vince young and matthew mcconaughey are just on the sideline You're during allowed the football to have games
2: whoever you want the uh espn uh company they have multiple channels and one of them is like some sort of like field pass or like Whatever. Yeah. And they had a dedicated camera on McConaughey the like the last quarter. Okay. Like when, when they were mounting their comeback.
1: Or sorry, excuse me. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> sorry.
0: I will uh, make one prediction about twenty twenty four right now. Uh, which we can get into in just a moment, actually. Uh, you've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Head on over to the website, brainiron.com, castironbrains.com, or to the Substack, where you can now choose to become a paying subscriber to this show. What do you get by supporting this show? Uh, the pride of having contributed to more podcasts. Uh, that's it. There's no... Yet bonus content. I can't really imagine what that would even look like. But go to brainiron.substack.com and you can uh, you can give us money if that is your want, if that is uh, what you would like to do with that. I'm very bad at asking for money. Uh, but here's the thing. I put a lot of time and effort and uh, attention into this stupid show. I intend on doing something in the neighborhood of... 250 hours of finished podcast content for you the listener by the end of the year. That's like a quarter an hour if you want like you if you were to break that out into uh, a quarter an hour we do simple math 0.25 That's times $4 a week. 0.25 times 250 gets you to like uh 6250 for the whole year. Uh you telling me you could just
1: get a job.
0: You're not listening. It's not worth a fucking quarter an hour. Uh you're out of your mind if if you believe that's the case. Uh, go go to brainiron.substack.com and contribute. Uh it'll be fine. Uh the opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig tetramermusic.com t e t r T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R a m e r music.com Abe Uh, Movies came out this week. Uh, Wonka was the number one movie, uh, once again, in the movie theaters, clawing its way back to the top, I believe, after falling off for one week. Movies made a comeback this year. They exceeded $9 billion in box office revenue in North America, still shy of the heights reached in 2018 and 2019, but on the way back... However, as I said, I was going to make uh, one prediction this week. I will make for the third year running the following prediction. Movies and television will continue to suck in 2024. And I base that entirely on uh, a list of movies that are coming out this year that includes uh, uh, nothing but remakes and uh, sequels and franchise garbage. Uh, that we need to move along from. Uh, we don't need a fourth Kung Fu Panda movie. We don't need a sixth or whatever Ghostbusters movie, even if you did get Bill Murray to agree to come back. There's another Godzilla movie coming out. There's uh, there's uh, fucking Twisters, plural, right? Uh, we're going to get a, a, the new Tornado movie, Twisters, instead of just Twister. I don't know why. There's more Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming, even though that was all wrapped up. Even the ones that I'm looking forward to, like Dune, the sequel to the the Dune movie, I'm excited to see. Uh, Furiosa, Mad Max uh, prequel to the most recent Mad Max movie, I'm excited to see it. But also... Like, why? Uh, Make something else. Make something new. Make something different. That would be fine. Don't need more Garfield. Don't need a sequel to Inside Out. Don't need Bad Boys 4. Don't need the third or fourth movie in the A Quiet Place universe to unfold. Before us, Despicable Me 4, Deadpool 3, uh, another alien movie. Uh, there's like three different Spider-Man movies coming out, and none of them even feature Spider-Man. There's, they're somehow going to have three Spider-Man movies come out this year, Abe, and none of them involve Spider-Man. This what is the, the world fuck you want is to live in, happening?
2: though. Isn't it? Like, uh, let everybody uh, do the same uh, variation of the same That characters? would
0: be fine if it wasn't a bunch of assholes at Disney and Sony making all of the goddamn decisions, which they are obviously not equipped to make any longer. Another Transformers movie, Saw 11 is coming out for some reason. <laughs> Uh, A movie called Smile is getting a second uh, version of itself. That's a
1: horror movie. Yeah, the first one
2: was pretty decent.
1: Horror movies are allowed to have sequels. Gladiator
0: 2? Oh, that's right.
1: The first one wasn't even good. This fucking...
0: Another Karate Kid kid movie is coming. Somehow they're making a Lord of the Rings movie for theatrical release, which is not actually a Lord of the Rings movie, but is also a Lord of the Rings movie. They're doing a prequel to The Lion King, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. What the fuck is happening, Abe? Uh, I
2: think uh, as you're uh, listing off these things, going back to the IP discussion from a moment ago, I think the opposite should be the approach. There should be a camp On Like, you get, like, one crack at a reboot, and that's it. Like, you can't be bringing back the monkeys with the whatever of the planet of the apes. You know, there's been so many variations of it. Uh, Like, you get it right, do three, and move on. It should just be, like, you only get so many cracks at something, and you got to come up with something new.
0: Unless it's fucking good, in which case the people will bring it up from the bottom. Movies never get better. Like, are there, like, classic
2: movies that have gotten
0: better? It's all just like, all right, that's enough.
1: I mean the Christopher Nolan Batman's were pretty great. Yeah,
2: those are yeah. There we go. That's one exception.
0: All right. Did you go see any movies in our awful culture this week? I
2: did. Past I went eight? to go see The Color Purple, which I did not see the week before. Uh, Is it a musical? The mu. So it's a musical. Interesting thing Abe, about
0: Abe. Yeah. Abe, you just said the word purple correctly without getting any of the R's or the U's in the wrong spot. For I think the first time ever, and I have to tell you, uh, uh, I'm not just making fun of you, I was also going to predict in 2024 that you would at some point correctly pronounce the word purple. Wait, how and was I'm I am it before? So pissed off, you say like prop, prop, oh, pra, go back and listen to last week's episode or two weeks ago, maybe in a month, I will. You've oh, never said the word purple correctly, and you just did it now. And that was going to be one of my 2024 predictions, and I'm furious with myself Each that I didn't get it's it. It's because
1: you didn't prepare for your show properly.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, so the yes, it is a, a musical. I will say though the this movie was kind of weird because like it's not doing that great in the box office. Like you mentioned a second ago, Bob, that uh, Wonka retook the lead uh, in Atlanta. There were 72 showings for this color. Purple movie, um, seventy-two showings in one day, in one at one theater, seventy-two, and it was packed. packed. How? So my About ther- black people. My theory is, yeah. So this is a, uh, a, a dominantly black kind of uh, area, and uh, it was Christmas Day, and people were with their families. So I was like, I let to go watch that depressing movie where they sing and dance for some reason. I think people just did it out of like, this is my theory. I can't prove it. To explain the collapse after Christmas Day is that people just kind of went because like one person wanted to see it, and everybody else like "I can 't say no to the movie, so they went along, but no one on their own wants to go see this movie because it's just like somebody's domestic violence rape incest like kids right. you know it's just like so eight,
0: this is like this is an event movie that the whole crowd needs to see, but then nobody will go on their own on their because own. they don't yeah. actually like, want to see it
2: yeah because it's not a crowd pleaser, and also the First half of the movie the musical numbers don't make any sense cuz like it's just like bad things are happening. No, I mean these kids are getting like just molested. Like kids are coming like it's just terrible. Just a tragic right. tragic story and like every like 5 minutes they break into a song and dance. I'm like what the fuck right. are you doing? <laughs> That's like this just
1: is what Life is like <laughs> you have uh. awful things happening but then sometimes <laughs> like what do you do besides
2: when things started, enough. yeah, Once things started to turn around for the characters, then the, I understood that. I was, okay, right. the musical song and dance stuff works now. But the first, like, 80 minutes, I'm like, what are we doing? This is so ridiculous.
0: Are like, you are you able to uh, objectively remove yourself from it enough to comment on whether or not it's any good? It's it, a decent
2: it, movie. I thought it wouldn't work yeah. because, like, you know, the original one people have liked for some time. And I was like, well, what's the point of doing it again? But like the second half kind of made up for the first half. Yes, money, but it's not making that much money now because it's kind of a it's still a depressing kind of thing. The other thing I realized I realized it when I read the book also, but I was like, I'm not a forgiveness person. I'm not gonna accept that a terrible thing happened. But like in the story, they try to tell you that you should forgive. But some of the things that people were doing to the characters, like, you can't come back from that. Like, what do you mean forgive? Like this is kind of fucked up. Like, you can't—I'll accept that it sucked. It happened to me. I can move on. I'm not going to, you know, wallow in misery forever. But, like, forgiveness is a, a bit too strong. Anyways, right. when it comes out on, I don't know, on Disney Plus or whatever, worth a watch. Not worth it to go see it at the theaters. I'm not going to watch that. Because it's very—like I said, the first 60 minutes is a slug. It's like, ugh. Oh, oh, uh, is,
0: is Oprah in it?
2: Oprah— n- Oprah is not in it. Uh, Whoopi right, no, is not, the, nope. <laughs> she's like the what the the midwife. She she's like there for like half a second, right? Uh, and then I think that one other person who was from the old uh, one, like, but these characters are like in for like five seconds and they're gone. Right. So it's all new people. Anyways, I saw that movie and then on on New Year's Eve after my Colts won, uh great great game, canceled Bum Raiders. I was like, let me go watch these stand-up shows because I saw the Trevor Noah one I didn't like. And then right. Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle yes. both had stand-up specials. I was like, okay, let's watch these two. First one, Ricky Gervais, maybe 10 minutes of funny. The rest of it is just like, eh. And then Dave Chappelle, maybe 20 minutes of funny, and the rest of it is eh. And the feeling I'm coming from these stand-up specials I'm watching, maybe it's just me, but it feels like these are contractually obligated specials like they signed a big deal a few years ago they're like hey your name will give you 20 mil per stand-up special can you give us three hours or three one-hour specials and this is like one of those three hours like it's like very uninspired yes. they're just kind of there like oh, i read something on twitter can you believe i'm like right. this is your special like what is this i mean they're so, funny because you know those two have done other things that i like you know so it's like they still have that, but right. the specials so, themselves are no good.
0: I've seen people talking about these things online, and the go-to for one type of criticism is: uh, "See, I always knew they were never funny, I and hate now they're that not." Line of and, thought, yes. and now they're not funny in the way that is politically expedient for my point of view in the world. Right. and therefore I was always right about them, and welcome to the club of being correct about how they're not funny. It's like, no, Dave Chappelle. Uh, arguably achieved the heights of the form itself in the past, and not just on his sketch show, right? Not just there, but in fact has done truly fantastic and arguably transcendent stand-up material in the past. Yes, and I I, I will not have you saying that just because he's he's no longer on the right side of things that he was actually never funny.
2: Yeah, people for some reason can't hold two competing thoughts like like. Nope. This person was funny. I liked him in this, that, and the other, and I didn't like this so much. Like, I don't know why that's such an incompatible view. It. It's like I have to retroactively go back and say they were never funny, which is like ridiculous. Like one person I made never the office, loved him. the other person had like the Chappelle show, killing him softly, like, like classic. Unbreak products. my
1: heart.
0: <laughs> I think that uh, I've never been as in love with Ricky Gervais's stand-up. Even at its best, as I sort of enjoyed him as a character on The Office, and then also as the version of himself that he was in that podcast and a, a subsequent HBO show, and then also in his The Idiot Abroad show as well. Yeah. Uh, Carl like, Pilkington. Right. Anyth- time that he was sitting around and talking to Stephen Merchant and Carl Pilkington, I was getting a great big kick out of things. Uh, But as far as stand-up goes, I've never thought that he was quite as – it's just not quite the right arena for what he's doing. And arguably, I think the funniest that I ever thought he was was as the host of the Hollywood – of the the Golden Globes that one year, Uh, which is something else that that came into – like came in for a a second or third reading because they don't like him now. It's like, yeah, well, you were wrong about – the Golden Globes hosting gig as well. It's like, no, that was awesome. And The Office was awesome. And I think there's a halfway decent chance that you've just sort of misunderstood Ricky Gervais uh, throughout all this time. I'm not sure that this is a guy who's changed very much from the very beginning, but whatever. I also, I I find Ricky's anti-woke stuff to be sort of tiresome in a way that it doesn't bother me as when Grandpa Dave Chappelle is complaining about the same thing. Right. Like, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Uh, in part, I think I just no, like it's, Chappelle it's more. it's the
1: attitude. Dave Chappelle seems angry. And, like, calm down. Don't be angry.
0: No, I like that. I prefer the Chappelle version of oh, it.
1: Oh, I don't like it as much. Calm down. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. It's. I, I will say.
2: I mean, uh, I don't know uh, when the last time I saw. Like Louis C.K. is the the last one that like has been con- at least for me has been very consistent. Yeah. Product wise, not like him jerking off or whatever, but like the the specials that he he releases on his website have been pretty consistent. But like, I think you know, like you can only do so many specials. If I apply the the Simpson standard, I consider it the best show. But I've only seen the good episode seasons. Right. I'm not watching season thirty-two. Right. Right? Because, like, after a while, you can only do so many jokes. So maybe that's what it is with stand up comedians. Because didn't Carlin get into that phase too, where he just, it becomes like a lecture and it no no longer an actual stand up? Like, we're trending yeah. in that direction.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I think that there, to some extent, for somebody like Gervais and Chappelle, you become sort of too much of the thing itself. And you can't actually, like, in some ways, I think that. Louis C.K.'s banishment, and I haven't seen any of the new stuff, I don't think. Like, basically none of it, with the exception of a couple of clips online. Maybe that sort of banishment helps. Not that he's forgiven, not that he's uh, 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 anything, but just, like, not becoming— it's sort of like I talk about with anybody who gets canceled or gets on the wrong side of the the cancel culture conversation— uh, Which is basically anybody who brings it up as though it exists when so many people are insisting that it doesn't right. like once you become the subject of the thing, it's very difficult to step outside of that and comment on the culture at large in a meaningful way
2: right
0: like Chris Rock is now forever defined by the Will Smith thing yes. and what followed from it. Right. And to he some extent... was might not
2: be. With I don't know. 10 minutes on, like, everybody just kind of talks about the same things. I think that's what, like, with Louis C.K., like, he'll talk about other, like, a, a, like 10 topics a, in an hour instead of, like, three. That, like, they'll talk about, like, the same two or three things. That's
1: how he's always been.
0: Right. Louis, Louis C.K. was also, I mean, i I haven't gone back and watched the old specials as closely as I want to and I will at some point. But, when he was doing that television show at the level that he was doing the television show. And then also when we saw him in Athens on that, I forget what the name of that tour was, but we saw him in Athens on whatever tour he was on in yeah. 2012. And it felt like he was, he was doing something that transcended the medium. Like he was so good at it at that time that it was no longer just a guy on stage telling jokes. He was, he was, inventing a different sort of storytelling in the same way that he that television show at its peak was so good that it transcended the medium of television itself right Right. like there are moments on that show that exist as a as a uh, artistic product that you can't even call television it's so good and i don't think anybody else has achieved that level at least in in the last few years in the way that what, like when you're dis- you're disappointed with Chappelle and with Gervais, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think anybody is reaching the the CK level of ability. Yeah, know, hopefully whatever. there
2: are some y- young comics coming up. I don't know. It seems like it's kind of like been like this is like a dead period for comedy.
0: Yeah, there's probably a big annoying conversation to be had about why that sure, is. It's fucking TikTok. Um. It's
1: TikTok. Sorry. <laughs> it's TikTok. It's dead now because yes. of TikTok. Anyway. Moving along. Good job. TikTok. We
0: uh, we didn't do much of anything besides uh, watch football. We did? That's not true. We watched uh, half so far of Severance. Uh, last year...
1: Wait, 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 wait. Wait just a minute. Blow past that. Thousand Man Jerry asked Bob to to watch Severance. And, like, just a thought. You could do the... Do the subscription thing that Bob talked about, or just share your Apple password with us? <laughs> That'd be fine.
0: That'd be fine. Uh, but no,
1: now we've given in to the to the to the Apple overlord, oh, and not just yet the yet Google one
2: service. Oh, look
1: at for... Yep, yep, yep. He did it. He first suggested it, not me.
0: First of all, but that's on brand uh,
2: for Bob. He will never. Uh, first take
0: of any all,
1: step hundred percent.
0: I am not. A password sharing type, <laughs> and I go. will I, I will not even accept someone else's password were they to offer it to me. I also, I will. The,
1: I'm on all the social media. The streaming well, services Jerry.
0: have gotten much better at cracking down on that sort of thing, anyway, and I wouldn't accept it even if offered, and even if they hadn't gotten better at cracking down on that sort of thing. Anyway, signed up for Apple TV Plus because last year uh, around this time I promised that I would watch Severance at some point in 2023, and I I wanted to keep to that uh, promise. And so on like the 30th of December, we signed up for <laughs> Apple TV+, Plus, and we've watched uh, four or five of the eight or nine or ten episodes. I don't know exactly how many there are in season one of Severance, but that show is fantastic so far. It is directly up my alley all the way down to... The fact that you walk into the building there uh, on the the first day that this guy is going into work, and there's like a 40-foot tall relief uh, stone carving of Philip K. Dick's face in the wall. Like, oh, I see what we're doing here. Why don't you bash me over the head with it a little bit more?
2: It's a a, Uh, a good show. I I think it's been, I don't know, like a year and a half since I watched it, but it's a very good show. Yeah, it's been a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, ben Stiller is
2: the guy behind it, right? He's the director.
0: Yeah. Ben Stiller directed uh, and is like s- sort of show running it. Um, but yeah, very, very good show. And we can talk about it more when it ends. I have my quibbles. And maybe this will be answered by the show itself in short order. But like the notion is awesome, right? So you have a person who wants to, you have a company that wants a, a workforce that is completely unable to talk about the thing that they're doing, right? They, they, they want to have total information security uh, relative to the rest of the outside world. That makes sense. And then you have people who want to have uh, total psychological security from their own problems in the outside world so that they can just show up to work and get some work done and not have to think about the, the life that they have outside of uh, these four walls of the, of the, the workday, right? I believe both of those things are possible. What is a little bit frustrating to me in terms of suspension of disbelief is that the company that would devise this sort of technology would not further be able to uh, handle the psychological load that they're putting onto these employees, Right. Because they they are they are functionally slaves right. uh, living inside this building who have no life outside of the eight hours that they come in and do their work. Uh you can 't expect people to be happy with that arrangement <laughs> no. right like, and it's it 's a, it's a fucking patent absurdity that you would expect by handing them this sort of schlocky religion and and just sort of hoping for the best that they would eventually come around to just existing as a consciousness that shows up and and does busy work all day long right. like that that is obviously completely unacceptable to the human psyche in a way that has been proven the case over and over and over again through all of human history, right? right? Uh, so uh, you've got to have a better solution than uh, than the solution that the the corporation presents to them. And maybe, again, maybe this will be uh, right. I solved think, uh, for yeah. as the show sense. goes on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I believe that, but uh, to some extent— it's like that if there was one thing that was taking me out of the show in the, in the first few episodes, it's that, which is like I just simply don't believe that a company of this power and with this technology would not also be able to somehow come up with a, a solution that is psychologically and emotionally satisfying to the people actually uh, performing this function in the room. Well
1: we're gonna palate cleanse with some Ted Lasso because you have opened a can of worms with this Apple TV thing.
2: That is certainly that. I mean that that shows uh very uh sweet if you're into that sort of
0: thing. Right. I have no interest in Ted Lasso. I was I was flipping around through all of the Apple TV plus offerings and I'm What I will use it for over the course of the next couple months is to catch up on the Oscar-bait movies that they've released over the last few years that have never gone to other platforms. And then also we've got Killers of the Flower Moon, which will be on this uh, platform here shortly. and I
1: start school in two weeks, so you can get all over that then.
0: And then there was some other big Oscar-baity sort of movie that came out that's going to be debuting on Apple TV Plus at some point. Uh, relatively soon. I can't think it of it. Why TV
1: Plus? Why not just Apple TV? I don't know.
0: It's just what they fucking call it. <laughs> I
1: don't uh, think that they do.
2: Slow, uh, Slow Horses uh, is another show you may like, Bob, on, on the yeah. app, since you have the streaming service now.
0: Yeah, for now, for a couple of months. We'll keep it around because I like to, this time of year, they're going to announce at some point soon the Oscar contenders, right? They'll they'll give yeah. the list of Oscar nominations at some point in January. And then I will go through the process of attempting to watch it, at the very least, all of the Best Picture nominations. Right. And having Apple TV Plus handy for that will be good. And then I'm going to cancel it. Like no a normal one in real person. life calls
1: it Apple TV Plus. Everyone just calls it Apple TV.
0: I don't know what to tell you. I have a great deal of Stop respect for saying it. the corporations who name their products a certain thing. There are artists over there. We've got Joni Ive and Tim Cook and the the late, great uh, no, Steve just Jobs. it's called Apple TV. I think it's Apple TV+. Plus. There's
1: it's... two different things. Apple TV Plus has the live TV. We don't have that.
0: Apple TV is a hardware device. It's a thing that you buy. Apple TV Plus... Is the service I believe?
2: So they're you referring to the that. streaming sound service like as
1: a weirdo. Apple TV
2: Plus. Apple TV yeah. is like their, it's like their
0: Apple, All right. Apple TV is a physical brick that you plug into your.
1: I'm just saying that when you go out into the world, and I don't on your do podcast do that. here, <laughs> but here where where there are people listening to you say words, you should just say Apple TV, yeah. not the plus. Oh, Drop the the. Yeah. Most people, yeah, do refer to it that. Just way. Facebook.
0: That's fine. It doesn't seem like the sort of service that you need to keep for more than a couple months a year is the point. Yeah, the is, library isn't like, is it like as at.
2: broad as like Netflix and Max, certainly.
1: We also watched that show with the Twin Flames people.
2: Oh. Bye these people are these cults getting dubber like how are people falling for
1: no they're the same
2: it's
0: another one it's the same one of those things where you watch 10 seconds of the video of the people and you're like oh yeah this is a fucking yeah. fraud psychopath why would you listen to anything that this fraud <laughs> psychopath is going to say Unless you're a profoundly broken human being, and that's That's the bottom line. These are a bunch of profoundly broken human beings. We are doing a bad job. As even if this is a vanishingly small percentage of the human population that is broken in such a way that they're susceptible to these uh, fraud psychopaths and their and their weird ways, uh, in some meaningful way, we're failing. Right, Right. and I think that if you want me to diagnose it big picture it's uh, the the death of religion (laughs) which has led to greater political polarization such that uh, our stupid political identities and ideologies become an attempted source of meaning and you know what happens when that happens? People realize there's nothing fucking there there's no actual greater meaning to be had in the stupid politics and the stupid political team choosing that we do and so they become a certain percentage of the population, then loses all purpose and meaning in life, and becomes susceptible to this sort of garbage. Uh, and it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, what, what, where is Tim Twin Flames? What? What were? We, is it Netflix? Netflix?
2: Or yeah, one of those. Max, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But like, I think at Netflix. least in the past, there was some sort of charismatic person. There was some sort of hook, and there's no hook. It's just like these two dum dums that become one dum dum, and I don't know. It seems kind
0: of stupid. Don't. Don't – and uh, forgive me for commenting on the physical appearance oh, of no. a woman, which is not okay, obviously. But don't downplay the fact that there's a mismatch ultimately in the relative uh-huh. attractiveness of the man and the Bob woman,
1: is, like super into this dude. I don't he think, thinks he is attractive. I don't and think he's the woman is I'm, not. And Bob what is I'm wrong. saying,
0: I'm not saying. I'm saying that I, uh, as a person, can uh, remove my personal feelings about the situation, can objectively step back and look upon this man and realize not that I find him attractive. Uh, Abba, Abba, Abba. But he is a type. He's I, a,
1: who am in the business of what people look like, can tell you that those people match each other's attractiveness levels.
0: They don't. They did when she was hot. All right. So before. I told
1: you he's into this guy.
0: Before she. He says
1: he's hot.
0: No, no. I'm not saying he's hot. I'm saying she <laughs> kind of was something. hot.
1: And then they matched each other's attractiveness levels.
0: And they looked like they belonged together in a more natural sort of way. Now she's got some sort of thyroid issue or whatever. I'm sure that it's a like it's a bummer for her, and she should get that. She's on
1: pills. Yeah,
0: she's on weird pills. She's got a thyroid thing, Uh, but she's not as hot. And so there's now a distinct. It's like looking at me and Lori. Lori has always been more attractive than me. This is this is just true. Uh, This is appealing. To a certain segment of homely girls, and th- and you'll notice oh, that all of I the okay. all of the people in this particular weird cult Both thing. Both of
1: those sisters are cute,
0: uh, but in a certain kind of way that does not track with. Normal. Uh this is
1: doing weird things to Bob. This show is doing weird things to Bob. Nobody watch it.
0: It's not. I'm just saying <laughs> that a uh, part of this weirdo's appeal, this Twin Flames Weirdo's appeal. The appeal. To the segment that he appeals to, which is not me. Mm-hmm. It's not sure me. It's not. Is
1: awfully defensive.
0: Is that he is relatively much more attractive than his partner is, and that's the appeal for a great deal of their audience. I guarantee it. I see. Anyway, we've been going much longer than we normally do. Abe, have you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: Later. Later. she end up taking over? Like, uh, he wasn't... Uh... We
1: haven't watched
2: the We're whole only oh, okay.
0: two out of three episodes in. We we haven't finished it things, yet.
2: Things uh, shift her, in her direction. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to hear how, how hot you think this guy is at the end of this.
0: <laughs> I don't think that he's hot. You're not understanding.
2: Uh, I think i got to go back and watch. He didn't strike me as anything when I first watched it, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, to you, he wouldn't. Like, this is not... He's not. A, type. He's not my type. He just exists as a recognizable type, not my type. A recognizable type. Was, uh,
2: listening to the uh, t- the return of the morning press. Uh,
0: yeah, the late afternoon press. The, uh, <laughs> the
2: guy that got sh- shanked in the neck. Holy shit! And he survived. Yeah, it's
0: fucked up, huh? How do you uh, uh,
2: allow that? Uh, isn't that kind of like a? You should like try to like I don't know. I, I know he he presented himself as like a fan, but like
0: his assailant put on a t shirt with like his name and face on it. Like ah, oh, I'm a big fan. Check out this <laughs> check out this t shirt. Can I get an autograph? Shank
3: shank <laughs> shank.
0: <laughs> Usually when people do that, you know
2: like. That Ted Cruz uh, thing years ago, where people would have like a some some bullshit shirt like underneath, they're like, "Hey, let's take a picture pretending like they're like a friend," but they're like, "I'm stupid" right. or like whatever. Like that's
0: that's, yeah, that's a move. That's, that's all. <laughs> that's all in good fun. That's <laughs> yeah. that's just yeah.
2: stabbing. is yeah. a bit much.
0: I always thought that if you get stabbed in the jugular, you're toast. Yeah, like, I, I didn't think that. I didn't was a realize rumble. that. The jugular was a survivable event. Yeah. I thought that was the whole reason that I knew the word jugular as like a thing in pop culture yeah. is because if you get that one, yeah. you're fucking done.
2: That's that, uh, yeah.
0: But it, it was the jugular vein instead of the jugular aorta, which apparently makes all the difference in terms artery. of...
3: Artery.
0: Uh, yeah, artery rather than...
1: Aorta's just one thing.
0: And right. the thing
2: is like... Uh, Dummy.
0: When just you just misspoke.
2: hit that, like, there's so much blood loss that you... Is that the thinking? Like, it's not like an instant kill, right? It's like a... Yeah,
1: right. in general, an artery you yeah. bleed a lot and you'd, die. yeah
0: oh, Artery is much faster loss than than the vein is, I guess.
3: Yeah.
0: I don't know the fucking human body. I just got the one. I don't... I like not knowing I try it. not, not to not pay too them. much attention. <laughs> well, you're always good for a second take, so... We'll... <laughs> That's right. No problem at all.
1: What are you do- thinking? you thinking? You're so proud <laughs> <bad> of <at>
0: this. <laughs> uh, the quality of the show would disagree. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.